When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Here, 81 hours and 15 minutes, but who's counting until the Eagles and the Bucks finally mercifully play this wild card game? Welcome in Friday edition, everybody. Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Rob Ellis, my man, Bill Calarulo, jumping in uh, for about the first hour of the program. Bill, uh, always appreciate when you uh, when you jump in, brother. Thank you very much. Always good to be hanging with you. Oh, good to be here, man. And on a football Friday for Super Wild Card Weekend, doesn't yes. get much better. Just wish the Eagles were playing better, but it'll <laughs> yeah, be a good week. I agree. And you can check out the uh, the Sports Power Hour each and every day leading into Sports Take 10 o'clock. And of course, Legal Hands to the Face show as well, the pod and the show. Uh, Bill does an awesome job. So you got to check all of that stuff out, man. All right. So l- let's start with this. And what's up, everybody? Let me say hi to all of our friends here. Cody, Flexing, Bobby, Christy, uh, 40 Winers fans. Yes. Uh, Daz and John and David. And if I missed anybody, I apologize. Hope everybody's doing well. Yeah. Um, I got to give credit to wine Niners wine. He's always on the Philly sports power hour too. He stuck with his name. Even after the Eagles got embarrassed by the 49ers, he stuck with it. So credit to you, wine Niners wine. That's true. Uh, I see twiz. I see James. See everybody. Um, uh, so let's hit a couple things, Bill, because I think, well, you actually, I want to start with this because you and I haven't had the opportunity to talk about this one-on-one as we, and I know we have three days here still, but uh, where do you stand right now with this, with, with this Eagles team going into this game? Because I got to tell you, man, I was hoping as the week would go on that I would kind of move off of my pessimism about this game. And I haven't moved a whole lot here, frankly. And again, I'm still 
trying to stay open-minded here, but I don't feel great about where the team is at, and I don't feel great about the game. But where do you stand on this? So as crazy as it is, I don't feel good about the team either, but I do think they're going to win on Monday night. I just don't think the Bucks are that good of a football team. And I'm praying and hoping that the Eagles pull out a victory. I don't see them doing much after this wild card matchup, but the Eagles got really lucky in who they have to play. They got the worst NFC opponent. I mean, you look at any other team in the NFC playoffs, I don't think the Eagles would win the wild card matchup. Yeah, they got they got the best team, the best worst team that you can the get. Best worst team, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, as much as I have questions about this team and I'm starting to have questions about Nick Sirianni, I think they're going to pull out this one. But, you know, just when I start to feel good, Rob, Jalen Hurts yesterday at his press conference says, now, there's a lot of things you guys don't know. And right. I said it on my show earlier. Are we looking too much into this? Because now it's it just seems like it's one thing after another with this team that you haven't seen before under Nick Sirianni. Yeah. I always thought, oh, they have such a strong culture with Nick. And this season really has me questioning that. I agree. The one thing I, I think you could always hang your hat on was culture and leadership. And it feels like there's been a lot of cracks uh, in the armor. Uh, and I guess that 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 also accompanies losing um, for sure, which they haven't been accustomed to really since the two and five start uh, in Nick's first year. But yeah, I, I thought it was a weird answer yesterday. It was kind of Jalen being Jalen to an extent yeah. where he's not really going to give you any kind of real insight. He's going to throw a lot of cliches at you. But there was also a little bit of like, yeah, he, he, he sort of went the like, you don't play the game, you don't understand card. And it's like, maybe not, dude. But I know AJ Brown said that you guys ad-libbed that play. He said it. We didn't yeah. say it. We didn't make it up. We wouldn't have known unless he said that. And then Jalen kind of dismissed it like, okay, man, well, if that's what it is, tell us what it, what it really is. What, what don't we understand about that? Because that's what he was asked about, or that was the, the discussion, you know, specifically was that last play in Seattle where they threw the interception. And it was kind of like, okay, um, did you not ad-lib it? Tell us what happened then, if that's the case. Yeah, it's crazy because when the Eagles were winning, Everybody loved that Jalen Hurts was not really a good interview. It's all, yeah. oh, look, he talks in cliches. He doesn't give you anything. Everybody loved that Nick Sirianni was mugging the camera and taunting fans, and it all worked. But now that this team is losing, we hate everything. We right. hate Jalen Hurts' cliches. We hate that Sirianni is just a, quote, unquote, cheerleader, as a lot of people are calling him. And now the question's coming up is they don't practice hard enough. We're back to that one because Javon Hargrave said how much harder they practice in San Francisco. As much as I've had problems with other things with Sirianni and Hertz, it still doesn't bother me that they don't practice hard. I'm still of the belief yeah. that you keep these guys healthy. No one complained last year when all 22 opening day starters appeared in the Super Bowl. So I'm still of the mindset, let's keep these guys healthy. You know, it's it's a long season. Now it's 17 damn games, which is just too long. Yeah. So I'm still okay with them not practicing, quote unquote, as hard as other teams. Well, I would agree with you, but here's my only caveat that I, the qualifier I'd throw on this thing. I don't want to hear how tired you are because you've been as preserved as any team. You don't get worked like some other teams. Just ask Javon Hargrave, who's going to tell you how hard the Niners work. So I don't want to hear how tired the young guys are. I don't want to hear about walls. I don't hear about, I don't hear about uh, snap counts and all that kind of stuff. It's like, you can't have it both ways. You know, I get you've played more snaps on the defensive line than they they would prefer. They'd like to do the rotation thing. It's not the way it's gone this year. But you can't tell me then you're tired because you were rested better than any team in the NFL by your coach. Definitely a good point. Definitely a good point. But, look, I agree with you. These young guys, 
you should be in shape. You should be able to play. But they're not the first young guys to ever hit a rookie wall. Great. It, it does happen. We've seen it happen year after year in the NFL. And, you know, we could have this whole discussion about Howie Roseman, but I really think Howie Roseman failed this defense. There's not enough depth at the edge rushing position. You know, not- a position that we thought was so deep. You look at the edge outside of Reddick and Sweat, they're getting nothing from anybody. And that's on Howie Roseman made the decision to bring back Derek Barnett. Yep. Now he's not even on the team anymore, playing well in Houston. Mm-hmm. Nolan Smith's your first-round draft pick. He's not giving you anything. You drafted Patrick Johnson. He's not giving you anything. Teron Jackson you drafted. He's on the practice squad. So that's on Howie Roseman not Agreed. giving these edge rushers enough depth. I don't think there's enough talent on the defense, period. I mean, he, it, let's get away from the defensive line, who I think have underachieved, but I agree with you. There's not enough depth on the edge. You're not good enough at linebacker. You really counted on N'Kobe Dean, and that was dangerous. Uh, you're clearly not good enough in the secondary. Some of that you didn't – like, I can't fault them for the fall off of Bradbury, the steep fall off. Like, I was on board with them bringing Bradbury back, so I'm not going to beat them up for that. Um, but you're older at corner. Your other corner who's younger can't stay healthy. And at safety, it's you – know, Bayard looks like he might be done, and Blanket Chip's learning on the job. So, therefore, your back seven really is light. Um in a lot of ways. Um, that's for sure. Let me ask you this though, Bill, are we, are we underplaying the Hertz finger thing? Je- I mean, in general, he did, he barely even threw yesterday. I, I just saw a, a, and I'll, I'll, let me reference it the correct way. I just saw a John Clark tweet, uh, not all that long ago. I'm reaching exactly 19 minutes ago. I'm told Jalen Hurts did not throw much at all, uh, at all. If, if at all in practice yesterday, this is a tough injury. Hopefully he'll be able to throw before heading to Tampa on Sunday. There is some hope A.J. Brown might practice before the trip. Now, I talked to Howard Eskin last night, and he gave me like a 49% chance that A.J. Brown plays, which I didn't love either, by the way. He didn't no. practice yesterday. Uh, Blanket Chip didn't practice yesterday either, which is a big thing too. But let's start with the, with the Hertz finger, which he said himself, and, and I will say this about him, Bill. He rarely ever will give an excuse about an injury, but he said he probably shouldn't have gone back in the game on Sunday against the Giants, and and it's you know it's very uncomfortable for him. But what do you think? Yeah, that was interesting that he admitted it was a mistake to try to go back in and throw, and we may be underestimating it because obviously it's on his throwing hand, it's his middle finger. You do grip the ball with that. What I said is, is when I'm looking for the silver lining in all of this, is maybe this will finally force the Eagles to say, you know what, we're going to have to commit to the run yep. because we have a quarterback that can't throw the ball 40 times. And you look back to week three, as good as the Bucks are against the run, because they do have one of the best rushing defenses in the league, Eagles had their way with them in the running game in week three. Ran the ball 40 times over 200 yards. Yeah. So that's my silver lining here, is if Jalen Hurts can't throw the ball as effectively – it's going to force Brian Johnson and Nick Sirianni to do what a lot of us have been asking for for a long time, which is commit to the run, win the time of possession battle, and keep the weakest part of your team, your defense, on the sidelines as much as possible. But, yeah, we definitely need to keep monitoring that because if Hurts can't throw, look what the Eagles were able to do to the 49ers when Brock Purdy couldn't throw. So. Yeah, yeah, it, it, precisely. So, uh, yeah, that that to me, you know, the fact that, I think we all just assumed, well, it's not broken. It's dislocated. Pop that bad boy back in, you know, that the swelling go down and let's go. I mean, we were at Thursday yesterday and he still wasn't able to really throw the ball. So the the, the one advantage of this this Monday night game is you do get a little extra time, which is good. Uh, and conversely, 
Tampa Bay's dealing with a lot of injuries. Mayfield didn't practice yesterday. He's got bad ribs and a bad ankle. Yep. So I don't know. If, you know, I, I wouldn't say that's an offset. If Hurts can't throw, that's that's advantage Tampa uh, more than it is advantage Eagles with Mayfield. But yeah, you would think. So you you bring up the running uh, attack. So against them, week three, Swift goes for sixteen rushes, a buck thirty. That's an eight point one average. They ran for two hundred and one yards. Um, on the season, though, they're a pretty good rush defense. Really yeah. good, which is a yeah. surprise at the Fifth Eagles overall. Yeah, yeah. No, they're only giving up. I mean, this is really good. 95.3 on the ground is very, very good. Conversely, in the passing game, 248.9, which is 29th. So here's what my concern is, Bill. Everything you say and we're talking about makes sense at how you might want to approach this if this guy's finger is really hurting and if you don't have A.J. Brown especially. I mean, you think they're going to key on Devontae Smith? They're going to have eight guys on Devontae Smith. But it would make sense to run, but then are you too tempted by the fact that you're probably watching film of these guys that are susceptible in the air and you're just going to do what you prefer to do, and that's throw? Yeah, Nick Sirianni, Brian Johnson, that's certainly their M.O., right? And they did throw for 270 in week three as well. Yeah, it's not like they weren't able to to do anything on the air. They were able to really move the football. So they probably will be tempted with how bad the Bucs are against the pass. But we also know what do the Bucs do more than anybody except for two teams in the league, and that's blitz the quarterback, which they've really struggled with. Mm -hmm. Still can't believe they didn't have an answer for Wink Martindale. You knew the guy was going to blitz the hell out of you. He blitzed you 83% of the time two weeks earlier, and they had no answer for it. So if they do decide to drop back and throw the ball and hurts his fingers okay to do it, they just better have an answer for the blitz. But what concerns me more about that Bucks defense isn't their rushing defense, isn't their passing defense, it's their red zone defense. Because if you look, although they give up a ton of yards, they're 23rd in the NFL in yards, you just mentioned 29th in the league in passing yards against, they're only sixth in points against. They only give yes. up 19 points a game. And the reason why, they have a number three red zone defense. And we go back to week three. Eagles offense dominated 200 yards rushing, 271 passing. That's over 470 yards on offense. They only scored 25 points. And the exactly. reason why 25 to 11 was the final. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason why they only put up 25 points, they went one of five in the red zone. And so, the other bugaboo that's killed them all year is Jalen had two picks. Yeah. Two interceptions. And yeah, that's been a big problem this season. I mean, that you look at the offense, and I just did this on my show earlier, comparing 2022 to 2023. The numbers aren't significantly different outside of turnovers. They went from being a top five team, only turning the ball over 19 times last year, to a 23rd in the league with 28 turnovers. That's been the major difference on these offenses. So you're right. They got to protect the football. And whether they move the ball through the air or on the ground, they absolutely have to convert for touchdowns in the red zone because even though this Bucks offense isn't very good, our defense stinks in the red zone, Rob. Well, so Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, we keep doing and I, I me too. We all do it. We all look at it and we say, the Bucks are nine and eight, man. They they don't do this well. They don't do that well. And you know, they're they're not good at home and they're not good against winning teams. And all of that is correct. But we're also assuming, you know, this Eagles team is the same team that started 10 and one, not the one that lost five of the last six. We're, we're looking at it through kind of a different prism. That's why even judging that game, that week three game, it's I mean, let's face it, the Eagles are totally different and the Bucs are a very different team than they were back then, too. Well, one of the major differences 
from this Eagles defense specifically. The first nine games of the year, including that Bucks game, they had the best rushing defense in the entire league. They, they were giving up only 66 yards a game. Yep. First they, held, yeah. they held every opponent except for the Washington Commanders in overtime to under 100 yards. And you mm-hmm. look back to week three, held the Bucks to 41 yards rushing. Well, after those first nine games, you look at the last eight, as I'm sure you know, yep. every opponent has put up over 100 yards. They're giving up on average over 130 a game. That's the key for me from this defensive side of the football is you got to make the Bucs one-dimensional on Monday night. They are the worst rushing team in the entire league, 32nd out of 32 teams. Yep. Our defense has to get back to being able to stop the run, force the Bucs into long third-down spots, and then now you can maybe play a little bit different of a scheme because if you let them run the football, you got no shot because you got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. If the Bucs are somehow able to establish the run too, I think it's over. And and they have a very good offensive coordinator. Dave Canales is a very good offensive coordinator. People may not be that familiar with him. He was in Seattle a long time with Pete Carroll. Really, the most successful years of Russell Wilson and Geno Smith last year. Uh, He was he was there for for a lot of that. So he's he knows what he's doing. Um, I think he's got some limitations. But you're right. I mean, even Rashad White, who's done a solid job for them. He's averaging 3.6 yards per carry. I mean, he was right on the cusp of 1,000 yards, but his, his yards per carry aren't very good. I mean, where they want to hurt you is obviously Evans and Godwin, and uh, Kate Otten's a pretty good tight end, too. He's, he's not – I'm not telling you he's George Kittle, but he's solid. So they can hurt you in the air if he gets time. But you're right. Make them one-dimensional. Think about this. If you could stop the run game, Bill, you also are dealing with Baker Mayfield, who's got a bad ankle, who's less mobile. Mayfield's a, a mobile guy in the sense that he can get himself out of some jams sometimes. And and he's got bad ribs. So if you're laying hits on this guy, just you know, just like the objective is going to be for the Bucks to not only maybe try and hit the hand of, of Jalen, but also knock him to the ground where he's got to brace himself with that hand. You you lay some hits on Mayfield, man. Who knows? You know, who knows? You're looking at Kyle Trask at that point if you get him out of there. Yeah, and I mean, even though the Bucs have played pretty well over the last six games, too. I mean, you just look at the last game of the year. They put up nine points yeah. against a really bad Carolina Panthers team. So as bad as this Eagles defense has been, they can shut down this Bucks offense. So that's why I feel as bad as I feel about this team, I do think they're going to win on Monday night. I think they're going to torture us for one more week, and then I think they're going to get dominated, unfortunately, by the Cowboys in the divisional round because I have the Rams upsetting the Lions, which means Eagles are in Dallas next week. And mm-hmm. man, But I, I, I tell you the truth, if it gets to that point, I prefer it. I, I would rather go to Dallas than go to San Fran. Me too. Me too. And and the Eagles have shown, I know Dallas is unstoppable at home this season, but they showed us at least at Lincoln Financial Field that they can shut down this team at times. Yeah. You know, Cowboys kind of lost that game at the end for themselves. But, you know, but look, like you said, different defense now. In fact, different defensive coordinator now. And you and mm-hmm. I never got a really a chance to talk about that. But, man, I thought it was a desperate move when they did it. And now in hindsight, it looks like such a bad decision yeah. Because not only, Rob, did they switch defensive coordinators with only four games left, Sirianni keeps saying at his press conference, well, you guys got to understand, we're not running Matt Patricia's scheme. We're still running Sean Desai's scheme. And then you wonder why you're having communication issues. You have a guy running somebody else's defense. Then why the hell did you make the move? And, and Hassan Reddick said something interesting last week, and it kind of got glossed over because everybody was focused on the A.J. Brown discussion at his locker. Mm-hmm. But Reddick, when he was asked about how hard it was, said, well, the higher-ups 
wanted to make the move and us as players need to do a good job. Yeah. I'm thinking higher ups. He didn't say coach Sirianni. Yep. So clearly this came from Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie to yes. make this move. And I don't, I don't agree with it. I don't buy for one second that Nick acted on that under his own accord. I, I'm not telling you he wasn't involved in the discussions, but ultimately that's a decision that Laurie and, and Howie make. And anybody who thinks different doesn't understand the hierarchy of this team. I agree with you. And and the one thing it seems like the players have been begging for is a simplification yeah. of this. The, you know, and the other thing is too, you look at it both sides, Bill. So if, if we're to believe, and maybe they're just trying to save face with Desai and just make it sound like he's still doing something. I don't know. But if we're to believe that it's the size scheme and Patricia's just pushing the buttons on game day, the same thing's on the other side. Sirianni's scheming it up and Brian Johnson's just pushing the buttons on game day. Like, I don't like anything about that. I don't like anything about that structure. Like, I think that's something that they have to look long and hard at next year, whoever's here as the coordinators, you know, and or, and I think Sirianni's going to be back. Well, we can discuss that in a second. Yeah. But I, I, I think that's got to change in, in a big, big way. Um, so let's go there. I don't think he's coaching for his job. I don't think he should be. I think he's done enough the first two years, two and this year too, getting to the playoffs and a Super Bowl. I think has bought him enough time for me to try to correct things for next year. But there are a lot of people that want him out. Where do you where do you fall on this? So before the New York Giants game in Week 18, I was saying on my show that I thought people were severely overreacting who wanted to move on from how from Nick Sirianni. And I same things you're saying that. He's gotten your team to the playoffs three years in a row. First Eagles coach to ever do it in franchise history in his first three seasons. I was looking at the fact that they were coming off of a Super Bowl loss. We know how real the Super Bowl hangover is. Only six coaches in history have ever gotten their team back to a Super Bowl after losing. And we're talking about legends, Rob. Tom Landry and the 71 Cowboys. Don Shula and the 72 Dolphins. Bud Grant and the 73 Vikings. Dan Reeves and the 86 Broncos, Marv Levy and the Buffalo Bills teams in the 90s, and then Bill Belichick in 2018 with Tom Brady. So I'm saying you can't put Nick Sirianni up against those coaches and say because he didn't do what they did, he's fired. Mm. But then I saw what happened on Sunday against the New York Giants, yeah. and I completely changed my mind and said, you know what? There is a chance that Nick Sirianni could be gone next season because – that team looked like they checked out. Now, did they check out simply because it was a Week 18 game and they thought the Cowboys were going to dominate the, the Commanders, which they did? Mm -hmm. Or did they check out because they no longer believe in their head coach? And I think if they come out on Monday night and they look like they did against the New York Giants, I think you have to consider moving on from Sirianni. And if I'm Jeffrey Lurie, what I'm doing as soon as the season ends, whether it's Monday or even next week, is I'm getting – Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, yep. and Fletcher Cox, three guys who have been here longer than anybody. Brandon Graham, longest in Eagles franchise history. And I'm asking them, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Do, do I, you I, still look, believe in Sirianni? And if they say they don't, I think you got to make a move, as crazy yeah. as it sounds. I, I, look, I, I think that all bets can change in a playoff atmosphere. Like, if they go out as listless as they played the last game in the last half against the Cardinals – then anything could happen because here's the thing about Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman. They're, they're not, I don't think that they're um, necessarily impulsive, but I think there is a real sense of urgency here with them. And this is a team that they felt like right or wrong. 
you know, and when and you and I are both on the same page, I don't think Howie did a good enough job defensively putting this unit together, but they felt like was a Super Bowl contender. And if it looks like this and you and you limp, like think about it, you will have lost six of seven if you include the playoff game if it goes that route. And you look uninspired in that game, then yeah, then I think anything could happen. I'm leaning much more towards he comes back and then there's wholesale changes on both sides of the ball, defensively and offensively um, in terms of coordinators. Like I think Patricia Desai, if Johnson, I you know, we'll see. I, I, I think it's... I think it's more likely he's not back, but it's not 100%. I know he's got two interviews, uh, you know, with the Panthers and the Titans, I believe. We'll see what happens there. Um, but, yeah, I think there's there's a good chance that, if not the coach, we're going to see massive coaching changes. Yeah, and I like uh, Ruben Frank. He does a good job. He does some good articles. I know you read some of his stuff, no, too. Ruben's phenomenal. And, and Ruben put out some stats the other day, and I thought these were, were interesting. In the last seven games, the Eagles have given up 216 points. The only other two times they've given up that many points since 1968, the year Chip Kelly got fired, the year Andy Reid got fired. The last 11 weeks, they've given up the most first downs, 237. The only other time they allowed that many first downs, the year Chip Kelly got fired, the year Andy Reid got fired. So I thought that was interesting. You saw two teams who looked like they kind of checked out on their coaches in Chip Kelly and Andy Reid his final year. Are we seeing the same thing now? It's fair to ask. It's you know, it's fair when it falls off to this degree. Um, and it's not just you'd feel better if you could just say, hey, look, the offense is still crushing and the defense is a disaster, or or whatever, or vice versa. And you just say, All right, this area is something you have you can make you have to make a change here, but it's obvious. There's still a lot of good other than special teams, which have been excellent all year, which this is a is, shock to me, uh, which I, is the most amazing part of the 2020. He was the one Eagles. coordinator. I didn't want back same here. Michael Clay. Yeah. He he's been the best coordinator and Britton Covey is, is, you know, top two punt returns. And and also Britton Covey is, is having issues. He's limited in practice yesterday too. Yeah. With a groin. But um, yeah, if it was just that simple, I'd feel better about it, but you're right, Bill, this has been, epically bad on both sides of the ball i mean defensively the numbers are staggeringly bad but offense you know for as talented as they are they don't do anything particularly well like there isn't anything you hang your hat on and say all right this is who they are you know if if i basically all you can really hang your hat on is the tush push if you're looking for an identity it's they took they do that very well okay they do and that's great but they don't particularly they're not a team of, of big plays they're not as consistent with the run as you would like them to be for whatever reason. Um, you know, and I know Nick Sirianni yesterday sat up there and, and espoused all these good numbers that they have offensively. But, you know, that's taking into account the big picture of the entire season, not what's happened of late, um, you know, with them. And more than anything else, they turn the ball over a ton. You know, and the, and the, and the, and the chief culprit of that is the quarterback. Yeah, and and I mentioned earlier that I blame Howie Roseman for the construction of this defense, but you look at the offense, and there's no reason they're not dominating games for four quarters. Right. They have the best offensive roster on paper than probably any other offense in the NFL. On paper, we'd put them up against anybody, but you just haven't seen it on the field and definitely not on the field for a full game. But you mentioned Brian Johnson. Before we go to break, I want your opinion on this because I was talking about this on my show. Brian Johnson has two interviews allegedly with the Titans and the Panthers. And it reminds me every year how much I hate that the NFL allows teams to interview coaches that are still in the playoffs. 
Why don't they just pass a damn rule that says the season ends Super Bowl Sunday and there will be no coaching interviews or hires until the Monday after the Super Bowl? Why do they allow this every single season? I agree. It puts everybody at a disadvantage. It, it does. It puts everybody at a disadvantage. Just just you got to hold off. And I get, look, the Patriots situation, and we'll talk about that. Jared Mayo, they hired. Is is a little bit different, um, but yeah, it, it's it's. I agree with you, Bill. You make yeah, an really in-house guy, in-house guy makes sense, but not only does it put you at a disadvantage, like preparing for the games, you got to also prepare for an interview. Yeah, it's there's teams in the playoffs that may also be looking for a head coach. Mm-hmm. There's no guarantee that Todd Bowles is coming back in Tampa. There's no yeah. guarantee Mike Tomlin may be back in Pittsburgh. So why do they do this? You know, is it to give the teams that don't make an, the playoffs a little bit of an advantage to kind of get parity in the league? I, I just don't get it. I agree with you. I agree with you. All right, let's let's take a timeout. Let's come back. We'll, we'll discuss all of these things and more. We'll mix in a little Cutter Gautier as well uh, with Glenn Mack now from 94 WIP. So we'll get a quick timeout. Uh, and we'll come back. We will talk to Glenn about all things birds and a little flyers as well. I'm Rob Ellis, my guy, Bill Colarulo, hanging out with us. All right, let's tell you about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Thrilled that they are part of the channel, part of the show as well. Been going there since I was a little kid. Same so family owned since 1985. Go in there each and every week. See Alex and the crew putting together the best variety of food that you could possibly have. Bravo's got 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. They have the specialized pizza, however you like it. They'll make it for you, and they don't just do pizza. They do fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads. They're also committed to the community where they have fundraisers for charities, schools, little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You could follow them at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're located at 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, PA. 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown. 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back. Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Rob Ellis, Bill Calarulo hanging out with you. Tone will be hopping on a little bit later. But we're joined right now, host from 94 WIP. You can hear him weekends, Saturday and Sunday at 10 a.m. with Mike Sealski and Jody McDonald. You can also follow him on Twitter slash X at Real Glenn Macnell. And I love the headshot that you're using on your on your Twitter account, Glenn. Little Ben Franklin thing going on there going back now what's up my man ben and i are merely a few years apart in age so you know good rob how are you uh we're doing well we're doing well Glenn. i, I want to pick up on a conversation and i know you, you you heard bits and pieces as well that bill and i were just having i'm going to start with the head coach um do you feel like his job's in jeopardy is it does it does it swing on how how poor this game could look potentially monday night or do you think he's safe Kind of in the middle. I, I don't think he's safe. I think if they get blown out and embarrass themselves as they did in the last two games that he's out, I think if they play respectably and lose, something we never would have been thinking is possible a month ago uh, that he survives the job. I think most likely Lurie really doesn't want to have to fire him. Um, you know, it, you don't you don't want to have a new coach search every three years and it, it Shows your organization is unstable, and I know there's a lot of good candidates out there, but it's always a risk when you bring in somebody new. So I would say short of disaster, he's back. Yeah, and one of the things with Sirianni that I always thought he was so good at was building a strong culture, having that locker room really close-knit and together. And what we've seen over the last few weeks is it appears that there's cracks in the foundation of this culture. Do you believe that there's something going on that we don't know about in that locker room, some sort of rift between the players or the coaching staff? Oh, yeah, I, I think that's that's become pretty apparent. And, you know, Bill, one of the things you learn over time is that when things fall apart, they can fall apart fast and that it's all really tenuous. It's fragile. Any any team culture is fragile. And when you lose five out of six and you embarrass yourself and guys are getting hurt, and uh, I think that that shows itself to really be the case. Um I do believe there is, and people in Philadelphia will know what I mean by this, I think there's definitely a Jeff McClain story that's going to come out sometime soon at the end of the year that's going to have this and that. I was listening to Jeff McClain question the coach yesterday. It was a really odd question about what do you and Jalen Hurts talk about when it's not football? And, you know, you guys know the PR department gets the coach ready for every possible yeah. question that can come up. They didn't get him ready for this. 
And Nick's answer was really, well, we talk about uh, football. And, he, and, and it, it really, on its face, and I don't want to read too much into it, but certainly on its face, it suggested there's some kind of communication issue between the coach and the quarterback. So we'll learn as it goes along. Stuff comes out when you lose, and I think we are, we're going to learn something pretty big. Yeah, and, and you know, you, you look at it, Glenn, and the way they've fallen off, like I, I, Bill and I were talking about this earlier, like I, I didn't, I thought there was just such a good leadership council there. I thought he had such a pulse for everything that we wouldn't see all this kind of stuff. And, and really, maybe the first sign of it was the, the Cy Patricia thing. And it, that felt desperate to me. And, and you look at it since then, the defense has really fallen off. Not that it was great, believe me. Desai wasn't reminding anybody of Jim Johnson. But, I mean, it's gotten markedly worse. Since- yeah, that's that, that's proven to be just an utter disaster. That was yeah. a, It's shown itself to be what I think we thought it was, which was a panic move. And it has gone from horrible to whatever's five leagues below horrible. Um, we'll get into whatever detail you want. But when the New York Giants dictate that on the first two plays of the game, the guy who's one of the best pass rushers in the league gets dropped into coverage, well, that's just things are getting horrible. And let me say one more thing about the culture that, that's interesting. And uh, my partner, Mike Sielski, pointed this out to me. So when they had the horrible ending against Seattle, and Nick took the bullet for the team and said, well, yeah, sure, on that play, you know, we were hoping for pass interference, which nobody bought. Right. But when A.J. Brown came out and spoke, he praised Nick for taking a bullet for the team. He said, yeah, you know, Jalen and I improvised that. We appreciate the coach taking a bullet for the team. And then reporters went to Jalen and kind of offered him that same opportunity. And Jalen didn't say, yeah, we did that. Jalen just kind of said, huh, and didn't back his coach again. I don't want to read too much into, as Hertz said yesterday, what you guys don't know, you don't know. But certainly they are giving the appearance of serious cracks in the wall. I agree. Like it would, He would have had every opportunity to sort of do what AJ did, where, hey, I appreciate Nick saying that. That's on us. We got to fix it. And, and you, you can keep it moving pretty quickly. But it was sort yep. of like, yeah, you, you don't know what you don't. Okay, well, what don't we know? Because AJ Brown just said you ad-libbed it. So which is it? And I think yep. AJ – in trying, Glenn, two weeks, whatever it was now, last week, trying to set everything straight, it came off sincere and genuine, in my opinion. However, there were sort of like veiled shots taken, not really intended. In other words, it's like if he's doing, if they're ad libbing that that play, do you really respect what's coming in from either Brian Johnson or Nick? No, you don't. Clearly, yeah, so yeah clearly, a lot going on there for sure. It all looks so good at ten and one, Bill. <laughs> You know, we say that now, but when when you look yeah. back in hindsight, Glenn, there were obvious signs. This team was trying to tell us who they were for 11 games, and we kept saying, well, they find ways to win. They find ways to win. But there was problems, and, and you mentioned Jalen Hurts. and A lot of people blame Brian Johnson and Nick Sirianni for this offense, and I do think they share a majority of the responsibility. But what's going on with Jalen? Because he doesn't look like the same player he was last season. He is turning the ball over at an alarming rate this year. Do you think he's taken a step back, or do you think it's a guy who doesn't have faith in his coaching staff? Uh, Yes to the first, and most likely to the second. Um, I also think that, again, stories that are going to come out at the end of the year, we're going to learn that he was more hurt than they ever let on and that the injury really hurt him. 
I think a big part of the step, the step back is apparent, right? The stats show it. Your eyes show it. I mean, it's clear that he's not the player he was last year. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league last year. Now he's kind of middle of the pack. Um, and this relates to the offense and the coaching. The offense worked so well last year because you had a, first of all, you had a lot of talent at receiver, at running back, et cetera, but you had an offense that was predicated on the threat of the quarterback running, and he would do it. Uh, and you would do the RPOs, and sometimes he would run, and sometimes he would pass, and the defense was guessing the whole time. Now, you take away the running threat that he is, but you keep the offense the same. Remember, Nick came out a couple of weeks ago and said, he was kind of defending Brian Johnson, but he said, like, yeah, this is my offense. It's mm -hmm. the same offense we run since I've come here. And I'm thinking, aha, that's part of the problem. Yep. Other teams have kind of figured it out, and you haven't evolved. And if you're running an offense predicated on a running quarterback who can't run, it's not going to work. I think that's a big part of it, Bill. Yeah, but you know what, you know what bothers me? Sorry, Rob. But you that's know what right. bothers me about that is I agree with you to a certain extent, but then let's go back to the Cardinals game. Last drive of the game, you know you need a touchdown there. You're on the 20-yard line. And if Jalen Hurts was too hurt to run, well, why are you calling designed runs to Jalen Hurts that have no pass option built in? So now you've made your offense one-dimensional because you're just calling a straight quarterback run with no pass option off of it. Because I agree, what made this offense so dominant last year was that defenses had to defend not only Jalen Hurts, but he could hand it to the running back or he could pull it and throw it to one of those really good wide receivers. So that's what's bothered me. The designed quarterback runs with no pass option if this is a guy who can't run because he's injured. It just doesn't make any sense. It, it doesn't make any sense, and I agree with you. And I saw a stat. It was a couple weeks ago. But the, but the Eagles had, I think, the second most designed quarterback run of any team in the league. But it's, it is clear to all of us, right? that he is not the runner he, he was last season, Definitely. but they're still going with it. They haven't changed the offense. And doesn't it feel like just, Glenn, that's been the MO the whole time. It's like there's almost an arrogance and a stubborn to a faultness. I mean, where they just – they won't change anything. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't get it offensively. I just don't Rob, get it. Rob, we've seen coaches come through this town who made great first impressions or had a great first year or so, and then – the league caught on. I mean, I'll go way back. And I remember Ray Rhodes came in and was yeah. coach of the year in his first year. And Ray's whole thing was less strategy than it was motivation. And he you got punch the boys him in the going. Mouth, yeah. yeah. And it really worked and, until it kind of didn't work. Right. You hear yeah. the same locker room speech a hundred times. It wears thin. And then you had Chip Kelly. Remember that first game against Washington Incredible. where it's like, oh, my God, we we got the next Bill Walsh. And this guy's going to revolutionize the league. And for a while it worked until. Other teams realize, like, yeah, he's just trying to go really fast and we can do this. Um, and I fear, um, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I fear Nick's kind of the same thing, which is, hey, it's the same in any sport, right? You get a, a baseball, you get a hitter comes up and he hits 400 the first time around. And it's like, oh, my God, we got the next Hall of Famer. And then pitchers kind of catch on and he's got to adjust. So Nick's got to adjust. And, and he had, to date, he has not. Maybe we see it Monday. How would you how would you describe Hertz season? I mean, if you look at the numbers in in some ways, damn good. He scored a lot of touchdowns, you know, passing yards, et cetera. But you also look at the turnovers and you cringe. It just it, it has felt off to me all year with him. And maybe that's more of an offensive big picture. But how would you describe his year? Much more valuable in a fantasy realm than in the NFL world. Um, yeah, the touchdowns and the hey, the one thing that works is the tush push, right? So that so he's got was 15 rushing touchdowns this year, I think, mm -hmm. something like that, tied a record. 
um, because that one play works and they can mm-hmm. do that whenever they want. And I don't, how many of his touchdowns are on that? Eight, 10, 12, a good amount. Yep. Right. Sure. Um, but it's a, it is a definite down year. Yeah. You assume that he is going to get a good rest and get healed in the off season, get better coaching. Uh, we can get into the coordinators if you want. Brian Johnson's been a disappointment and come back next year. I think the talent's there, and I think the drive is there. He's just having a bad year. You're spot on about Hurts being a good fantasy quarterback. He was my fantasy quarterback, man. Almost there you brought go. Up to a championship. Yeah, yeah. But let's jump over to the other side for a second. Let's talk about the defense because this defense didn't do a lot of things well in the beginning of the season, but the one thing they did really well was stop the run. Best rushing defense in the league for nine games. And you go back to week three, did a great job shutting down the Bucks team. But over the last eight, they're getting dominated in the running yeah. game. Over 100 yards by every single team. I think they're averaging over 130. What the hell happened to this rushing defense? It's a great question. I don't know that I have the answer. I mean, I can't believe Zach Cunningham's worth all that. I, um, I mean, the back seven is really weak, but it's by and large the same back seven you had at the start of the year. Bill, I don't have a good answer for that. Um one thing that we do the game day shows here on Jacob with Seth Joyner, and as good as they were in the beginning of the year, I got to give Seth credit because what he kept saying was this team cannot stop the run if they're not in a five-man front. Their linebackers aren't good enough to stop the run when they're not in a five-man front. The problem is you come out in a five-man front, it exposes you even more in the passing game. So they couldn't do that very often. And I think teams caught up and said, hey, you're not going to be in a five-man front. We're going to just pound the ball against you. All right, so that's, that that makes sense, and Seth always makes a lot of sense. But I think the other part of that, and I, I hate this excuse, but I do think it's part of it, is they're exhausted. Yeah. They don't have the depth this year that they had last year. Uh, I think the defensive line is kind of fried. You see that in the lack of sacks, which ties to a lot of things. But the fact that the defensive line isn't getting any sacks anymore uh, I think they're beat. I think they're tired. You can say it's because they played those extra games last year, but I, I hate that as an excuse because you're supposed to do that. Um, but I do think it's. I do think part of it is they're just out of gas. Do you think, Glenn? That, you know, I'm basing this off of the Jordan Davis thing, where our our colleague Howard Eskin said he's being fined every week because he's overweight, and we see. You know, Brian Baldinger uh, breaking the film down, saying he's basically giving you nothing out there because he's exhausted. He's laying on guys. Are they too lenient? Like, I I get the resting guys, and they had all 22 starters in the Super Bowl. Hard to argue any of that. But is there not enough accountability in your estimation that's going on? Are they they almost too buddy-buddy or too hands-off with some things? Um, I can't answer that because I don't know what Nick's doing behind closed doors. And if they're finding him, they're finding him. I mean, you know, there's a maximum you can find a guy, and it's not going to definitely – it's not going to impact his uh, retirement account. Mm -hmm. Yeah. so I don't know if I don't know if they are. I think I want to point some of the blame here at Howie for not having the defensive depth that this team needed. We know that they've always minimized the role of linebackers and safeties, so we kind of get that. But when T.J. Edwards is one of the top tackling guys in the NFL, um, and um, I'm trying to who else they somebody else. Oh, oh, and, well, Cena Johnson got hurt this year. Six interceptions really, last year. Yeah. yeah, he was really valuable part of the defense last year. You make priorities and you let those guys go, and that really bit him on the butt. Yeah, Howie Roseman, you talked about arrogance with the offenses. I thought it was arrogant on Howie Roseman's part to think that they would be able to replace that much young talent on the defensive side of the football when 
you have not been good at drafting defensive players. You look back at the last five years. Don't count this year. These rookies, maybe they have a promising career, but they're rookies. There's nobody on that defensive side of the football that Howie Roseman drafted outside of a couple of D tackles that are giving you anything this season. Everybody's been brought in either via trade, free agency, yeah. guys you had to bring in in the middle of training camp. And I just thought it was arrogant on Howie Roseman's part to think, okay, we're going to let guys like TJ Edwards, a young player that you actually did develop, Marcus Epps, a young player you actually did develop, and just let them walk in free agency and think you're going to be able to replace these guys. And I agree with you. I think that's the problem you see on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and the guys they brought in midseason this year have been helpful. The buyer did nothing. I I, I got to admit, I was kind of excited when they brought him in based on his resume. Figured, okay, this is a guy who, you know, they're paying for him, but he's going to help. He's done absolutely nothing for him out there. Yeah. So, well, Glenn, Shaq, let me ask you. Shaq, I'm sorry, Shaq Leonard also. And then, and, and, yeah, they just look cooked. Yeah. yeah. There's a reason there's a they reason. were available. Yeah. We were just about you to know? say the There was a reason. That yeah, I mean, Shaq Leonard, you, the Colts were still in playoff contention. He's yeah. He was a hero there for the first four years of his career. You're not letting that guy walk for, for kicks. You know, there, you, talk about letting them, you talk about letting them walk. I mean, look at the safety position. There was a reason why Mike Tomlin said, okay, Terrell Edmonds started for us for five years, but we'll let you guys sign him on a one-year deal. Yeah. There was yeah. a reason why Justin Evans was available. As talented as he was coming out of Texas A&M, the kid hasn't stayed healthy since mm -hmm. 2018. You brought him in. Where's he now? on IR. So you neglected these positions and it came back to haunt us in a big way. Yeah. Except that the weird thing is sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't, right? They brought in Bradbury last year on a similar kind of thing. I mean, the Super Bowl year, they brought in, uh, what was his name? Peterson, the, the, the cornerback uh, mm -hmm. who ended up being a hero in the postseason. Johnson, so, Patrick Johnson. Patrick, talking, no, right? no, 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 not Patrick Johnson. What was his name? Robinson. Patrick yeah, Robinson. Yeah, he right. had to pick six against the Vikings. Yeah, Vikings. Right? Yeah. 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 I mean, he, and he had a terrific season. Remember, he almost got cut out of training. Well, how he nailed every one of them that year. I mean, right. Blunt, yeah. Chris Long, Chris we Long. Could, Nick Foles. We could go right. on and on so, and on. So sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. The problem with Howie is it seems like one year everybody works and the next year nobody works. And this yeah. is unfortunately that the second one. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you about the Bucks game because Bill and I were talking about it a little earlier. You know, it, it seems like. When, when, when you ask people to look at the matchup, mostly everybody says, well, the Bucs think it, it, they're not really focusing on the Eagles as much. It's sort of a deflection move, which I get. <laughs> it's going to make you feel better about yourself if that's the case. But how do you view this game, Glenn? I don't think the Bucs think. I think the Bucs are a very average team. They do they do a couple things well. They have, And the couple things they do well don't bode well for the Eagles. They have two outstanding wide receivers and um, Mayfield assuming that his ankle is okay and he's going to play is having a very good year. I mean, we think of him as Baker Mayfield bust, but he's having a good year for them. He's, he's, he's rebounded well. Um, and they blitz a lot. And I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but the Eagles haven't done well against the blitz recently and seem to have no clue whatsoever against the giants, how to defend the blitz the Bucks. I, I noticed with the Bucks, they're toward the top of the league in sacks, but they don't have anybody with double-digit sacks. They just have a lot of different guys coming from a lot of different directions, and all of that scares me. Um, this Monday, it's in there for the Eagles. I think the Eagles are the more talented team, so if they can somehow find it, they can win the game, but there's been no evidence over the last month that the Eagles are going to be able to find it. Yeah, it's, and you're right. I mean, there's a lot of guys, Vita Vea, you know, and, and here that's the other thing that's kind of driven me crazy this year, Glenn. When I ask people about 
why they've been so bad against the blitz. It's like, well, or, or I'm sorry, on the other side of the ball, when the Eagles haven't been able to get home, they say, well, the other, the other team's getting the ball out quick. Okay. <laughs> what are you doing to counter that? Yeah. And weren't they trying to get the ball out quick last year when you had 70 sacks? Yeah. Yeah. But that's been the problem, I think, with with how we, with um, Nick Sirianni. The, the philosophy on both sides of the football is explosive plays on offense. Don't give up the big play on defense, and that's why they're letting these teams go on these methodical drives. And it's why on offense you see Jalen Hurts time and time again forcing the ball downfield because that's the philosophy of Sirianni that big plays win games. So you're going to take your shots on offense, and you're going to do everything to stop the big play on defense. And teams are just picking you apart. Yeah, it's the philosophy that goes even above Sirianni. It's an organizational philosophy and has been for a while. And and Nick doesn't disagree with it, but Nick wouldn't have been hired if he didn't agree with it. Um, just one other thing about the Blitz. And this, I, I could not understand last week when, the, when Jalen Hurts gets blitzed and every time he rolls out to the right and throws it away. I mean, how many did we saw that? Whatever. It's however a fade many, roll. It's a roll fade. And then, yeah. And then yep. just throws it away. How he and Dallas Goddard have been playing together for three seasons, and there's not a sense at the line of scrimmage that the Giants are about to send somebody, just look at me, I'm going to hit you on a slant, and we'll just gash him to death. It seems the easiest. I think a high school coach would have been able to devise a way to try to stop that giant blitz. I mean, it's Wink Martindale. What did you think was going to happen? Right. And what do you think Todd Bowles is going to do? Yeah, and and they never had a strategy at the beginning of the game, nor adapted during the game. Yeah, I, I just it's it, it, and Glenn, that's what I keep getting back to. Really, on both sides of the ball, they've been very poorly coached. Yeah. Like, I, and I know people will say eleven wins and all that, but man, if you're watching, your no. eyes are open. You're oh, seeing yeah. a team on both sides of the ball that's not prepared. For eleven wins is yeah, eleven wins is is history. Eleven wins is 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 a decade ago. I mean, at least it feels like so. Do you think it's possible? I'll ask you guys, because I don't. I really think they don't want to fire Nick. Uh, I, I think they don't as well. Yeah. So, do we have another season where we get two new coordinators? I think that's where it's headed, Glenn. I honestly do. Like, I think the whole thing on defense is going to be wiped. Like, I don't think you're going to see Patricia or decide. No, no. Johnson, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I they can hang their hat on numbers. Nick did it yesterday. You referenced Nick's. He, he wanted to tell you how great they are, and okay. But they may do that, but I think you may see total – and it's a, it's usually a sign of real desperation when both coordinators are bounced. But I think you may see that. I would tell you, other than Jeff Statlin and uh, the guy who surprised me this year, uh, Michael Clay, the special teams coach, who they – who would have thought special teams was the one that would have the good year? The one thing you don't worry about going into this game. Yeah. yeah. Other than those, I don't know that any coach is coming back. So, I mean, Tracy Rocker, the defensive line coach, has had a terrible year. I'm, I'm, I don't need to bring these guys back. No. And you, you just mentioned Jeff Stoutland. Obviously, the guy's a legend, great offensive line coach. But doesn't it surprise you a little that they don't have answers for the blitz when you have a guy like Jeff Stoutland in the room helping you game plan for these offensive games? It does. Um and I guess I have so much faith in Jeff Stoutland that I think part of the story at the end of the year is going to be what they didn't do when they didn't listen to Jeff Stoutland. Yeah. I have more yeah. faith in him than anybody in that room, for sure. Yeah, he's proven it time and time again. He's a great offensive line coach. It's just been a surprise. Yeah. All right. I, before we get you out of here, Glenn, I did want to uh, mix in some hockey here. 
because the, the news came down this week, the cutter Gauthier got traded. Uh, the, the Flyers get Jamie Drysdale back, a second-round pick in 2025. But this whole thing was weird. I mean, just weird from the jump. And he tells him initially, hey, I'm on board. I want to be a Flyer. Boom, he's excited. I was, I was born to be a Flyer. Born to be a Flyer. He's throwing the jersey on draft night, the whole, all right, here we go. And then I remember asking Al Morgani about this in the summer. I'm like, what's what's going on? He's like, ah something's off with this guy. Something's up. And, and, you know, he didn't quite have it locked down exactly what was going on. And then we come to find out, like, he basically ghosted the organization, Glenn. And then yesterday he's on a, he's on a podcast with the Anaheim Ducks, uh, one of their people. And he, he doesn't, he says things, but he doesn't really, like, I just realized yeah. over the last year and a half, I needed to, to speak up and speak my mind and move on. Like, and, and still no explanation. It's like, dude, no. at least have the balls to say what it is. Yeah. Uh, and so we can only guess. And then there's been, you know, there's been uh, talk that uh, one of the former players in the organization who went to BC soured him on the head coach. Um, I don't, I only know what I hear, which is the same things that you hear. I don't know why he did. I mean, my, my biggest part of my speculation is that he, two things. One is he didn't feel secure with an organization that has all these news pe new people on top in Jonesy and Danny Breer. And while we really want to believe in him, he, he, he didn't have faith in that. Uh, and then the second part is that, I forget what the second part was. Maybe he wanted remember. to turn pro and they oh, didn't yeah, think yeah, he was quite that, ready yet. Yeah, yeah he yeah. wanted to be on the roster and they weren't going to guarantee him a roster spot. Thank you for reading my mind. That's exactly what <laughs> well, I'm here, Glenn. Yes. <laughs> what I was thinking. I don't know. Here's what I think. Given a really bad situation, they got the best out of it. And they yeah. got a player who, you know, may not be the star, perennial all-star that Gautier may be. We, you know, Gautier still didn't play the game, so we don't know. Um, but this kid, Drysdale, is ranked really high. It's something that they needed. It's a guy who can quarterback their power play for some years to come. Um, he's very popular with his teammates. He's, 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 he, can, he can do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And they got a second round pick. We'll see what that pans out to be. But given a bad situation, I think they made the most of it. Yeah. And Quick by question. The way, Jonesy, Jonesy, who's going to be on the show with Mike Sealski and me tomorrow, um, just their transparency and their, you know, how they handled it publicly just, again, shows kind of how this Flyers organization is moving forward. To I thought way. he and Briere were great the other night, just, yeah. just right out in front of it. Go ahead, Bill. You too. Yeah. Quick question before you're at the door, Glenn. So you remember. 1992, Eric Lindros going back to Quebec to play that game where they were all had the baby pacifiers and everything oh, yeah. else. Binkies. What's going to be worse? Philadelphia when Cutter Gauthier comes here with the Anaheim Ducks or Quebec back in 1992? It's going to be an all-timer. And, <laughs> and listen, I know people reference the J.D. Drew thing. Oh, they threw batteries. I was at that game, by the way. There were two batteries thrown, and there were 48,000 people in the seats. So the math is one battery per 24,000 people. <laughs> Nobody will, nor should anybody throw anything. But the noise and the signs and everything that's going to face this kid, unfortunately not till next year because they they're not coming back this year, right. is going to be one of the all-time games be there. Yeah, yeah I want to be, be fun. It's going to be fun. All right, Glenn, tomorrow at 10 with Mike Seals. You mentioned you, already, you have Jonesy. And then uh, on Sunday as well at 10 a.m., uh, usually with Jody. So we, we appreciate you uh, giving us a couple minutes today, Glenn. Great insights, man. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Have a great weekend. Rob, thanks. I'll see you at the shop. All see right. You, take care. That is uh, Glenn Mack. Now, appreciate him uh, lending uh, some insight and wisdom there as always. So, Bill, I think 
I think your duties are, are you're relieved, man. I'm getting tagged out. I'm getting tagged out. Tone is in the house. I don't know if Tone's a right-hander or a left-hander, but we're, we're, we're going, we're going to the pen. I don't know. He's a, he's a righty. I'm told my sources tell me he's a righty. So, uh, Bill, appreciate it, brother. Keep up the good work, man. Always, always great chatting with you, man. Thank you very much. My pleasure, Rob. Have a great weekend and go birds. You do as well. All right. We'll come back. Tone's going to join us. we got a lot more to dig into when it comes to the birds. That's for sure. All right. Uh, let me tell you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances can be a real challenge. That's for sure. And I'm right there in the front of the line. But I can tell you from personal experience that somebody that I trust with my finances is Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review. You might have a small business. You're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. I've personally entrusted my IRAs, my 401k rollovers with Jim. I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. can also email him as well. Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamutin Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN.
GLES Eagles. Back, look at the cat dragged in. Yes, there he is, Tony Shield. He's back. He's back from the the where were you? The DMV in Texas. How, how crazy was that, <laughs> my man? Oh man. Um. So yeah, basically to make a long story less long, uh, I had to get my official Texas driver's license. Um, took me a while. I've been down here since uh, late July, early August. Okay. So, um, my my PA license expired the day after my birthday, which okay. would be January first. So, um, it was about that time, and uh, I waited as long as I could. And uh, all right, here I am. Smoother than than Philadelphia slash Pennsylvania, or a little rougher? What? How would you describe the, the uh, Texas you know experience? What? I'll be frank about it. Completely different worlds texas way easier okay way easier way i'm not faster. surprised by that one bit um they were as a parking were, authority in texas they were too, while we're at it <laughs> uh, they were efficient um the process was just smoother you know just Good. you know just just a far better process um no wasted time no wasted words <laughs> so um yeah let's but overall though i'm glad to be back i appreciate my guy bill colarulo yes. uh, for yes. coming in and pinching it for me i appreciate it thank you xander as well uh, let's get right to the nitty gritty, right. Ari. Let's have some let's fun. Let's do it, man. All right, so I want I want to hit you out of the shoot talking a little defense, and, and we've done okay. so with Bill. We did so with Glenn as well. But I want to I want to just kind of take it a step further, okay. because one of the things that we're seeing from from the players when they when they've been talking this week specifically was um, we want to simplify things. The, the, the so the impression I get is that things were a little bit overcomplicated uh, for them. Since okay. Patricia took over, uh, they're making concerted effort to slow things down, which will allow them to play faster and not think as much on the field. Now we'll see if it works, but that's what they've been saying all week. And the veteran guys have been saying it. That's what I'm hearing. You know, Bayard and, and some of the guys who have been around for a while have been saying that's what they're looking to do. Hassan Reddick, guys who have played in the NFL for a decent amount of time. So, but let, let's look at this for a minute here, Tone. Since Patricia took over, the overall record of the team is one and three. They're allowing 26.7 points per game during that time, which is not good. I'm not breaking news here. Uh, Versus the Cardinals. They allowed four straight touchdowns on four possessions in the second half versus the Giants. Touchdowns in three consecutive possessions in the second quarter. Under Patricia, they're 28th in points, 28th in total yards, 27th in opposing teams, first downs. Do we look back at this and say that this was the tipping point? This is when things really went off the rails um, when they made this move. How do you view, you know, and, and again, I'm not, let me be really clear. I'm not telling you they were great before he got here either. Right. But but since this has happened, you know, they, they've gotten they, a lot worse. Yeah. Um, we You know, we said to ourselves when they made the change, this can't get any worse, can it? Well, in fact, it has. And um, when you think about both uh, both parties involved, Matt Patricia having to come in and the players having to acclimate to Matt Patricia, I think both parties I think both both parties were in a lose lose situation. Um, now you would think because of the because of the level of competition, like the Giants, like the Cardinals, that things would turn around, like the Seahawks, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I I think I think expectations were skewed. I feel like we had an unfair, and I mean as an entire fan base, right? Yeah. Um, I believe most people had um, 
a misconception about how much change can occur in such a short amount of time. And Matt Patricia is a guy that a lot of people have their own opinions about. Him coming here behind Sean Desai didn't really seem like the most genuine move. So when you put him in position to be a DC at the at after demoting Sean Desai, it's a lose lose for everybody mm-hmm. all across the board. Um, I don't know. I don't think I didn't believe much change could happen. At the time, we understood the decision, though. We said to ourselves, this defense is not performing. You know, where is the tipping point? You know, at some point, something has to change. Who's going to be held accountable? They decided to move on from Sean Desai and demote him, put him in the closet, elevate Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia can't save this defense. It's a talent issue. Mm -hmm. It's a clear-cut talent issue. Um, Making things easier to understand obviously would help. But how much can you change again? How much can you simplify in a week's time? Mm-hmm. You know, last night I was sitting, I was sitting with myself, and I was just thinking about how much time I had to do, you know, whatever I needed to do uh, today, you know, run my errands. And I'm thinking, okay, how much time is there really in a day for these guys to really get in the lab and really tweak, you know, game planning and um, terminology? learn new things simplify certain like like how much time do they really have to get this much work in when they have to factor in conditioning and on field time and how much can really change right so going into this playoff matchup with the buccaneers i know they're focused more on game plan now it helps that they played the team before mm-hmm. but they also have to pay attention to the recent game uh the, the, the recent game tape i don't know how much this defense is going to be improved um, come Monday against the Buccaneers. And um, I just don't really see any solutions other than maybe simplifying things. But again, I don't know how much help that will provide as well because yeah. the players are still who they are. Right. Maybe a little less thinking out there. Who knows uh, if, if that benefits them. Hey, uh, Jason Kelsey voted first team all pro uh, by the AP. No surprise there. But uh, awesome. Yeah, nice honor by for him. Uh, did, did they release any any other uh, names? Yeah, we got or? we got everything. So the second team is AJ Brown, Lane Johnson, and Jake Elliott. All get second team uh, for them. Uh, I, I give you the whole thing actually right now. Uh, quarterback is Lamar Jackson. The halfback is Christian McCaffrey. Fullback is Kyle Jusek. Tight end is George Kittle. Your receivers are Tyree Kill, Ceedee Lamb, Amon Ross, St. Brown. Left tackle Trent Williams. Left guard Joe Thune. Uh, Kelsey's the center. Zach Martin is the right guard. Penny Sewell is the right tackle. Edge rushers, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt. Interior, Aaron Donald, Chris Jones. Linebackers, Fred Warner, Roquan Smith, Quincy Williams. Your corners, Deron Bland, Sauce Gardner. Your slot corner, Trent McDuffie. Your safeties, Kyle Hamilton, Antoine Winfield, who the Eagles will see on Monday night from Tampa Bay. Uh, First team place kicker is Brandon Aubrey from Dallas. Again, Elliott's second team. Uh, punter AJ Cole from Vegas, kick returner uh, Kason Nixon from the Packers, punt returner Rashid Shahid from New Orleans, special teams Miles Killebrew, long snapper Ross uh, Matasek from Jacksonville. So there's your first team, uh, all pro right there. So okay. another another honor, another notch in the in the future Hall of Fame you know resume for Kelsey. So in total, how many Eagles is that? Was it, what was that? Uh, so you have three all together if you if you include second team. You have Kelsey's the only first teamer, AJ Brown, Lane Johnson, Jake Elliott's second team. That's okay. that's what you have. Yep. Okay. I would have put I 
That, that, that second half of the season really hurt A.J. Brown. He should have been first team. It did he should have been first. He, he, he should have been first team, but that second half, things got cold for everybody. And, uh, and yeah, listen, man, I mean, I can't he, really he, argue with any any of these, to tell you the truth. I mean, I can't really argue either. I would probably push back on putting Amon Ra above AJ. But other than that, I think everything else is pretty sound. And again, it's not saying Amon Ra, St. Brown didn't deserve. I don't, I don't want that to get out there. Um, he deserved his position. Yeah. But if I had to choose, I would choose AJ Brown. But he's rightfully, he rightfully yeah. deserves where he is. You know, it's uh, like, it, it's, it's splitting hairs at this point. But I just have, yeah. I, I have a preference and I'm biased. So. Yeah, look, and that and that's a that's a big time honor to be you know all pro. Of course, uh, especially right. a guy who was remember Amara St. Brown was peeved about not making the Pro Bowl. He he's a receipt keeper, my man. My man yeah. is not afraid to, but, <laughs> and it works look, for him. But yeah. but this this is how it's important to be patient with your success because yeah. God's going to bless you. You got a Pro Bowl. You, you missed the Pro Bowl, not okay, but the All Pro is much more valuable. It's much more valuable. Much yeah. more valuable. No so you're good, Amara St. Brown. The people that know, know. Well, you you I, were the man. You're right. And I would say this, too. Like, if Kelsey does ride off into the sunset here um, after this season, what a freaking way to go out. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, you, you're going yeah. out, you know, at being first team all you, you as you're honored as the best at your position, and that's how and, if you potentially roll. That's pretty yeah, unbelievable. And me, personally, I thought Kelsey had a little bit of a down tick. Me, personally. Yeah, I, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying he didn't have a great season, but I felt like last year was a smidge better. But hey, man, listen, back to back years, first team all pro, right? Yeah, that pretty man, good. That boy Cole, Rob, that boy and Cole. On top of you know, he, he's got <clears throat> he's got a, he's got a Super Bowl under his belt. Mm -hmm. He's he's a Hall of Famer. It's no question, no doubt. He is he's, no doubt. It should it shouldn't be a debate at all. You know what I mean? I'll even be generous and say, you know what? If you guys want to be have him be second ballot, whatever. But as position, he's one of the greatest of all time, no doubt, no doubt. Yep. Uh, so good for him. Good, good, and good for good for the other guys as well. Um, all right. So here's a question I have for you, Tone, regarding this game specifically. And and I, I again, we'll X and O this thing to death on Monday too. Mm -hmm. Who needs to step up most in your mind? You want to just throw me, throw me a guy uh, and we'll, we'll kind of bat around uh, a bunch of different people. So tell me who's, who's your uh, guy player or player coach player. or just in general. Let's go player, player first. Let's go player first. Yeah. Okay. Um, player, um, Jalen hurts. Let's just start the quarterback position right there. Um, Jalen hurts has to be, um, he has to be the diesel fuel in this engine. He has to yep. push this team wherever they need to go. I understand he's dealing with the finger injury. Um, I understand he's dealing with the down year in general with the turnovers. Um, but overall, statistically, um, although the turnovers are bad, completion percentage on par with last season. Um, yards um, on par with last season. Touchdowns on par with last season. Um, just overall production on par with last season. Turnovers is what makes it ugly. So he has the skill set. He has the toolkit. He has everything he needs to be successful. Um, he's shown that he can put points on the board. He has to be efficient, he has to be effective, and he can't turn the ball over in a matchup like this on the road. It's do or die. I think Jalen Hurts has to be the one to step up. It, it, it begins and ends with him. He has to be intentional with picking up the blitz this week. Um, has to be instinctive, has to be decisive. Trust what you're seeing. You know, get the ball to your playmaker's hands. Um, don't think you have to win the game in all one throw. You got this. All right. So 
I think Jalen Hurts has to be the main one to step up um, on both sides of the ball. He It begins and it ends with Jalen Alexander Hurts. <laughs> when you go middle name, man, that, that's serious. Then you know it's playoff time when the middle name – or you're in big trouble, one or the other. Um, all right, so here, here's the question I have for you. I know you, you, you we talked about this right off the top and you, you hopped on – you just got on. So I, I want to just sort of revisit something. Mm-hmm. I mean, he basically didn't – didn't throw in practice yesterday. He was throwing little sort of like lobs, you know, with guys that are five feet in front of him or whatever. He wasn't ripping anything. Let's put it to you that way. Mm-hmm. This finger's a little concerning because even he, and he never talks so. about injuries. He brought it up himself, basically saying, I probably shouldn't have went back into the game against the Giants. Um, you know, it's sore. And, you know, I, I wonder if they're going to, I don't know how you view this. They're going to numb that thing up. Well, they are. I agree with you there. But you can't have it too – you still want to be able to feel a little. Yeah, yeah. You know, you want to feel it's what's going line. on here. But, but I wonder if they're going to look to make more of a concerted effort to run with him dealing with that finger. Or they're just going to say, screw it. We're going to do what we do and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I mean, I, I would hope – I hope they take a smart approach, man, with this thing, with this guy, especially if he's not right. Here's the thing, you know, you know, um, you know, whatever the last bit of the conversation I caught with uh, Glenn uh, McNow, you know, you guys were talking about the blitz and Wing Martindale and you know what he's going to do. Like yeah. it's Wing Martindale. Like what else is he going to do? Like it's it's how, how how do you not, you know, say to Dallas Goddard with all the experience you guys have together? A quick slant. The blitz is coming from right here. We're going to we're going we're going to hit them. We're going to hit you right there. Like, why, why aren't you responding quickly? You know, when, when you see it, you know where it's coming from. You see it. Um, that has to be something that is taken into strong consideration yeah. going in this matchup with Todd Bowles and the Buccaneers, right? I'm putting I'm putting a lot of putting a lot of this on Jalen Hurts, even with the finger, mm-hmm. even if um the game plan is to lean on the run game. Um, this coaching staff just has to use their common sense, right? Like not overthink this thing. You know what Todd Bowles wants to do. You know what he wants to do. He wants to get your quarterback uncomfortable, get him off his spots. He, when he wants to attack that hand, he's going to throw bodies at him. They're going to they're going to test the velocity of that of that throwing hand. They're going to mm-hmm. test it. So lean on your running game, ground and pound, shorten the game, um, control time of possession, um, dominate the line of scrimmage, and put Jalen Hurts in position to make quick, effective, easy throws. Don't overcomplicate his life when it doesn't have to be. Don't yeah. overcomplicate anybody's life. You know, just win the game. You're more talented than this team. Top to bottom, win the game. Yeah, and you had success running against them the first game. It would just seem to make too much right. sense. Now they so, will be more healthy. Now they will be more healthy this go around. They will be more true. healthy. This. That's true. But uh, all right, so it's, it's I would agree with. with you. I would agree with you with Hertz. The the one I'm going to go with is, is on the other side, and I, and he hasn't had a bad year at all. But I'm going to go with Hassan Reddick. I, I I think this needs to be a wreak havoc kind of game for him, where he's impacting things uh, in a, in a big big way. I don't I don't know that I can count right now on Josh Sweat or a lot of other guys defensively, but I need Hassan Reddick to be a monster. I do. I need that guy to just just be, be who he was last year in the in the Niner game in the Giants game, really the entire season. Get back to being that dude. And I know you don't have as much help as you had on that defensive line last year, but still, he's got to figure it out. I'm putting most of the pressure that's going to the D-line, I'm putting most of it on, believe it or not, Jordan Davis. Mm. Jordan Davis has to step up. 
point blank period. He is their best run defender by talent and by athleticism. Yeah. By size, everything. He he is supposed to be the he's supposed to be their best run defender. Mm-hmm. The run defense begins and ends with him. He has to win his matchups. He has to be able to get off the block. Yeah. If he's not winning his matchups, it makes everyone's job, Jalen Carter, Fletcher Cox, it makes all their jobs harder. Hassan mm-hmm. Reddick, Josh Sweat, it makes all their jobs harder. With Jordan Davis' skill set and his athleticism, he has an ability at that size that's uncanny. Mm-hmm. But the conditioning has been called into question. Yeah. Right? You mentioned yesterday about what Howard Eskin reported. I was in shock I, every week. Yeah, I, I was in disbelief. I almost didn't believe you. Yeah, you know, and it's it's one of those things that if we're at this point, you're in the second year of your career, another playoff run with the Philadelphia Eagles. You're not playing for the Bears. You're not playing for some rinky dink organization, my man. Step your weight up. Mm-hmm. But then it also speaks to the level of accountability being held in the building. That's a separate topic. Yeah. But overall, I think Jordan Davis has to step up on his defensive line. It's yeah. imperative for him to win to, to win to win uh win his matchup. The last time they played, Jordan Davis was a monster, and and the, the Buccaneers was not able to run the ball at all. Right mm-hmm. over the past several weeks, the Philadelphia Eagles are giving up how many rushing yards, Rob? Way about too many. About 160, 150 yeah. a game C- compared to 66 for the first 10 weeks. So we so we can make an argument just just to give and take, right? The Philadelphia Eagles are giving up roughly 90 to 110 more yards a game. Mm-hmm. Over the past several weeks, yep that 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 disparity is massive. is massive, unheard yeah. of. So yeah. now this is a new season. This is the playoffs. Everything that happened, in, everything that happened in the regular season, it happened. We're still mm-hmm. going to hold you to it, but everyone's oh and no. You have an opportunity. Can you rise above the grain? Can you rise above what you can you rise above what you've been providing, Jordan yeah. Davis? All the pressures on you on the defensive line. I'm I'm, I'm declaring that. I just, I guess, I just worry, Tone, that that it isn't there right now for him. No, yeah. not to say it won't be there at yeah. some point in his career, but I, I almost feel like is this dude just on E? Uh, you know, I, and I hope that's not the case. But it, it sort of. Just and look, this is that. all this is all passion talk, right here. No, I right? know it's no, hope. That's no, right. That's yeah. why I use the this word. Like, all... who, who needs to step up? And this is what we think. Yeah, yeah, because you know I can be negative all I want. It's time to put battery in people back. You know, it's, it's we're in the playoffs still. You know, yeah, the, wind you know, it I, up, man. Wind yeah. it up and boom, let's go. Yeah, not just to, you know, we have a responsibility to not just provide insight and analysis and our opinions, but we also got a responsibility to get the live chat rocking. We got to, you know, we got to let people know it's, it's, this is playoff time in Philadelphia. Okay. So things yeah. may not be going right. Things may not be as uh, copacetic, copacetic as we may want it to be, Philadelphia, but please lock in and load in. It's playoff football, baby. The Philadelphia Eagles going up against the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay on the road. Let's make some fans, let's make some fan bases sad. Let's get excited, okay? Let's let's I, do it. Let me throw one more. I, I like your I like your enthusiasm here. Let me it's, throw it's one Friday. More. It's Freaky Friday, baby. It is Freaky Friday. I told man. you, give me a week to go through my emotions. Yeah, you're good. Now it's Friday. You, you, you've turned we're a page. here now, baby. I like we're it, here. man. I like it. Uh, I'm gonna throw one more at you, and I want you to throw one more at me. Hi, Dallas Goddard. Hey, remember us? We remember you. We know what you're capable of doing, man. And I'm not blaming you entirely for your lack of use, but some of it is you. So let's go. This team needs you. This team needs you against the Blitz. This team needs you as an outlet, not necessarily everything down the field. They need you, man. You're capable. Let's go. Let's go. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking to Brian Johnson and, and Nick Sirianni as well. 
let's get 88 involved a little bit more than we've seen 88 mm. this year. This would be a perfect game, actually. Yeah. With, you know, with you, um, if they decide to lean more on their running game, that yeah. means you're going to see a lot more power formations. You're going to see more, maybe two or three tight end sets, maybe. Um, I feel like that's when this Philadelphia Eagles team was really dangerous, right? When you saw them in those power sets and yep. you didn't really know if they were going to run or pass, um, utilizing two tight ends at a time sometimes. Like, I feel like that was – we don't really see that that much this year. We haven't seen that that much this year, right? We haven't seen them in too many power formations. No. Um, we've been seeing them in a lot of empty, you know, um, a lot of Trey. But overall, they need to do a better job getting the tight end involved with the pass game, run game, they can really they can really do some damage with Dallas Goddard and the rest of those guys if you put him in position. That's my humble opinion. Um, I'm a Jack Stoll guy. I, I talk about it all the time. Um, I know, I know, I know I'm you're hanging the, out. You're you're the Jack Stoll guy. Right, you're right. The I'm the, right, the, the only you're Jack Stoll one, guy, right? Yes. <laughs> you and his family. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, look, they have everything. This is the annoying part about this Philadelphia Eagles team, man. They got every tool they need, especially right. on offense, Drive to win nuts. the game. Just win the game. Show up. Play like play like you give a damn. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. That's all we ask, man. All right, give me uh, give me one more for you. All right. So so far we have you know Hertz, Reddick, Goddard. One more from Tone. Who else? Well, I also gave you uh, Jordan Davis as well. Oh, sorry. Um, give me yeah, give me one more. Yeah, give me one more. I got you. I got you. So for you on your side, you were Hassan Reddick and you were Goddard. My yeah. side, I was Jalen Hurts and um, Jordan I guess, Davis. I guess I owe you one. Um, well, well, well we can both get add one more. We got time. We, we, All right, I got mine. I'm excited to give you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, I'll do. I think a guy who needs to step up, Kevin Byard. Mm. I think Kevin Byard needs to needs to step up because you know they traded for you. Yeah, and you were and and they believed you were the missing piece to help get this defense back on track or at least somewhat stabilize it, right? With your veteran yeah. with your veteran presence, with your experience. Um, you've seen the game, been around the game for a long time, um, multi-time um pro bowler and all pro. Um, when they traded for you, they when they traded for you, they thought they were getting that level of experience. Yeah. Maybe not that same level of athleticism because at the end of the day, people get older. It is what it is, right? He's yeah. he's 30 plus. So at the at the very least, they thought that they were getting that level of ingenuity and instincts, yeah. and we haven't really seen that in full, right? Yeah. He's had yeah. some moments, but we haven't really seen Kevin Byard in his full glory. I think Kevin Byard has an opportunity here in the playoffs, his first playoff appearance for the Philadelphia Eagles, um, to make a splash. Um, but going up against a quarterback who's prone to make some mistakes, who's also a little hobbled as well. Um, uh, he's dealing with, I believe, a hip, right? Some hip and some rib issues. Yeah, and and we all know quarterbacks are built uh, ankle and ribs. I think I believe, yeah, An- ankle and ribs. So we Either all know qu- yep. qu- quarterbacks are built from the ground up. If that mm-hmm. ankle ain't right, yeah, and that rib ain't right, it's gonna be hard for him to get torque on those throws. Maybe he'll throw you a couple ducks, make an impact, make a game changer play, pick it off, maybe take it to the fifty yard line, or maybe take it to the house. You never even know. But listen, Kevin Byard, it's time for you to get things on the on, on the road, and that's just how I look at it. So I have Jalen Hurts. Um, Jordan Davis and Kevin Byard. Who's your final person that uh, needs to step up for these guys? Brandon Graham. Mm, OG. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, because look, I I don't I know he has. You think they'll give him time? You think they'll give him time? I do actually. Yeah. I they they have they have really really dialed back his his reps this year, which is fine if your philosophy was we want him full bore for the playoffs. 
I hope that's what it is. I hope it's just not that we recognize that he's, you know, kind of at the end. Uh, I'm going to go with the former instead of the latter. And I'm going to, I'm going to believe that, that a guy who's had a knack for making big plays his entire career comes up big when they need him the most. And I think Brandon Graham understands the moment, understands the sense of urgency that's going on with this team right now. And, and I'm, I'm going to bank that we get sort of old school BG. Um, so I think he makes a play in this game, I, whether it's a strip sack, whether it's a tackle for a loss or, or something, you know, recovers a fumble. Mm-hmm. I just feel like Brandon Graham's going to make an impact where we haven't really seen him make an impact the entire season. So I, I am going to go real OG here because I think he also knows tone. Any of these games could be the last one in an Eagles uniform for him. So if they lose, it's probably it. I know he wants to play 15 years and he's at his 14th, but my guess is with the lack of production, he's probably gone after this year. Which you know, mm-hmm. again, you 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 miss him as a person, but so I think I think you're to see him step up and do something in this game. Hey, 14 years in the NFL, man, it's incredible. A same team is nuts. They have the they have team. three total anomalies: Kelsey, well, actually four, Kelsey, Cox, Lane Johnson, and Brandon Graham. Like that, those guys have played that many years with the same team. It's not common in, in, in this day and year. Is in, in era is sick, man. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, all right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna come back, and I got a bunch of stuff on the Bucks that I want to throw your way. All right, uh, not the necessarily obvious stuff, but but a little bit deeper dive that I took this morning going down Bucks rabbit holes uh, today to try to get ready for the show, which we will do when we come back. So don't go anywhere. That's Tony Shields. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Time for me right now to tell you about the great folks at Pro Action Restoration. Um, they have been out and about in the Delaware Valley over the course of the last few days after we had those bad storms, and they are just helping people, helping people dig out of, of some of the issues they had, some flooding that they've had, uh, just, just a lot of different. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. 
Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply problems that comes about when you have really nasty wind and rain uh for sure and i had my own issues as you know uh with with a, a flood in my house and they did an amazing job for me uh just incredible in, in terms of taking care of everything with the painting with the drywall with the carpet proaction restoration is on call 24 hours seven days a week to assist so if it's fire smoke mold damage you name it um they can help you and they're licensed bonded fully insured serving the tri-state area for more than two decades Proaction restoration also will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at proactionrestoration.com. That's proactionrestoration.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game 
and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Go to Shield, Rob Ellis Sports Take on a Friday. Man, I wish we had a game tomorrow or Sunday. Mm. Oh, anyway, all right. Well, we got so, some, but it ain't ours. No, but I, we're going to, in a, in a half hour from now, Tone, we're going to get into some of these. We're going to go through all the games up until Monday. We got some serious weather issues in two games. Like, serious mm. Buffalo. weather in two games. Yeah, the, the Dolphins and the Chiefs and the, uh, and the Steelers and the Bills game. We'll talk about it. We'll get into it. Um, what are the odds I, they cancel them? I don't think so, slim, man. man. Yeah, I know. I know. Very, I know. very slim. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. Unless you're sitting in it, you want to see that, man. You know what I mean? Like, you want to see. Going go to those games. Storm. Yeah. I do. Don't you want to see the Bills and the no, Steelers? No, no, no. I, I, I want to see that. Yeah. I want to see it from come from my couch, right? That's so, what I'm saying. If you're not there, uh, it's great. Right, and I'm thinking about the people who are there. But I'm they, saying, the, the, if you're if you're business wise from a football standpoint, oh no, from a business perspective, it's it's genius. Yeah, the vast majority of the people right. are not at the game. <laughs> even even if the score is like 10 seven, like, it's gonna be it's gonna be entertaining. It's gonna be yeah, fun. I want I want a total quagmire, man. I want it to just be a. <laughs> and there you go with that word again, giggity. Go. Got you giving it to you <laughs> twice, uh, family man. Um, all right, oh, so. Jeff McClain, I thought this was interesting. Jeff McClain, Eagles beat writer for the Inquirer. We've had him on the show many times. Um, interesting uh, take on his podcast um, in, in which he basically said that uh, uh, in his podcast is called um, Uncovering the Birds. But he said that Eagles owner Jeffrey Lurie is taking a more active interest in football operations than he normally does. He's a little bit more involved in things of late, which – you know, in a lot of ways, makes sense. You figure the team hasn't played well. Mm-hmm. He probably wants to know why, but that also leads to speculation that it could be, you know, not a great sign for the head coach if he mm-hmm. feels that way. Um, also, also, it's an interesting sign towards Harry Roseman because correct. now if Jeffrey's stepping in the way he, the way that it's being reported. Jeffrey must believe how are you losing control of the situation? Maybe. And um, I think everybody's being evaluated at this point. Everyone and whatever whatever doorknob they touched or turned, it's being evaluated. You know, it's being swabbed for prints to find out exactly what exactly did you have the most to do with. Right. Who's getting who's gonna get the book of the blame? I'm pretty sure they're already going through their Rolodex of who's gonna get who's gonna get canned, mm-hmm. um, who's gonna get a stern talking to. Yeah, all those things are already on the table. Um, uh-huh. It's just a it's just a foregone conclusion about how um, the hammer gets laid down, but the hammer's coming down regardless. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. Um, so look, it's it's definitely not something you want to see. If things are going smoothly, there's less input, I think, or less at least uh, supervision or mixing, I guess, uh, whatever the case may be. 
All right, mm-hmm. so let, let's look at the Bucks here, Tone, because uh, you know we know they're a nine and eighteen. We know they won the NFC South, but let's let's look at some things that we, we should dig into a little bit here. So um, players to watch for them: Vita Vea, defensive tackle, who was a mm-hmm. phenomenal player. Okay, fifteen games played. He's, so he, he missed a couple of games, but fifteen games played this season from the D tackle position: five and a half sacks, forty three tackles, eight tackles for losses, and two forced fumbles. He is a guy that is going. They are going to have to reckon with. He is a guy who they are going to have to have their eye on and pay a lot of attention to, and not let go crazy. You know, so that's it's going to be really big for Kelsey and the guards to, you know, do the best they can to occupy this cat because he can do a lot of damage if he gets loose. Absolutely, Vivia. He's been one of the top, one of the best D tackles, top ten D tackles uh, in the NFL. Left the first time they played. If you remember. He gave them hell in the in, in Jalen Hurts' first uh, yep. playoff performance. That's correct. I believe that was, was great right? game. Yeah, they, where they smoked him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Vita Vea was he, he had everything on lockdown, and he's a relatively still young guy. Um, you know, he's only twenty eight years old. Played in fifteen games this season, so that's pretty good for a DT. Um, you said it, five and a half sacks. One thing about a guy like him as well, um, for a big dude. He plays, and let's just put it in perspective here. He's 6'4, 347. So he's shorter than Jordan Davis and weighs just about the same amount. So he's a mm-hmm. bigger body, correct? Yeah. A, a, a wider load, so to speak. Um, at 28 years old, he played 607 defensive snaps, which accounted for 62% of the total defensive snaps that he uh, that was available to him mm-hmm. through a game span. 62% of the defensive snaps. Whereas though a guy like Jordan Davis, on the other hand, and I, I'm comparing these guys for a reason because they play the position similarly and um, similar expectations um, reside within both of these guys um, from their respective organizations. So Jordan Davis, I think he played, let me make sure I got this number right because I said it yesterday, um, 519 total defensive snaps, which is 45% mm-hmm. of defensive snaps through 17 games played. So, uh, you got via 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 pants playing sixty two percent. Jordan Davis has to find a way to get up to that level. Yeah, no, like I'm sorry, like in my opinion, if, if via via can play that many snaps in less games, like may I have you right? That that's what I want him and and he and Jalen Carter to emulate. I want them right. to, to strive to be via via. I, I like. But here's we'll the thing, be doing right? Backflips if those guys turn into Vita Vea. I'm I'm willing to argue Jalen Carter is already ahead of him because he played more more snaps this um yeah. more snaps than uh than JD this year. Mm-hmm. So so JD has to look, man. Uh, 17 games played, 519 snaps for Vita Vea. 15 games played, 607 snaps. He played more snaps than you in less yep. games. Yep. Come on, come on, JD. It's possible. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are, I hear a lot of people make excuses for him saying, you know, he's not he's never going to be a, uh, you know, a 600 snap guy and all that kind of stuff. He's never going to be a 600, 650. No, I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that at all. I believe I, I'm looking at Vita Vea, a guy who's in all senses of the word fatter than him. He's fatter <laughs> than you. <laughs> and he moves better than you. We prefer big boned. Uh, yeah. Stocky. Yeah. So Vita Vea is the man, and, that, and, 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 that, and that's the guy you got to look out for, point blank period, and he still gets sacks. All right, still gets sacks. Here's the other guy you got to watch. My favorite name, Yaya Diaby, 
You got to watch out for Yaya. Yaya's got seven and a half. He's a linebacker, seven and a half sacks, 12 tackles for losses. This guy is disruptive as well. And he's got great range. He can do a lot of different things. I mean, they're linebacker. They have him and they have Levante David. Levante David has racked up 134 tackles this season, four and a half sacks, 17 tackles for losses. They they have some they have some defenders, man. I'm not telling mm-hmm. like they don't have them across the board, like some like Baltimore maybe or San Fran, but they got some dudes on, on that side of the ball. Definitely. Look, um, say what you want about this uh this Buccaneers team. They're 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 talented on defense. They have you know they they have some names. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned the guy. What was it? Uh, Yaya. How do you pronounce it? Yaya Diaby. Yaya Diaby. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll roll with it. Uh, I linebacker. think that's how. I, I mean, I, yeah, but I'll overall, they've always had good yeah. linebackers. Levante David. Um, you said you said Yaya Diaby, Devin White. When you put it with like their that front that front seven is their strength, and they're going to send a lot of different bodies at you. I don't know what the answer is going to be. I would imagine that whatever blitz. That Ty Bowles is going to throw at you, yeah. With with better players at that, is yep. going to trump whatever Wink Martindale threw at you. Agreed. I, oh, I agree with that hundred percent. Like, yeah, whatever you saw last week was like the appetizer. You're getting the main course here, you know, on 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 Monday night with this Baltimore or uh, Buccaneer team. That's for sure. Um, all right, so there are a couple of the guys you want to watch on the defensive side now. Uh, let's go over to the offensive side because they have a really bright mind in OC uh, Dave Canales. And he's actually uh, one of the guys that the Panthers are going to be talking about for their head coaching gig. But I talked about him a little bit earlier. He spent a lot of his pro career uh, with Pete Carroll. Actually, he was with Pete Carroll at USC, too. Mm-hmm. Worked his way up the ranks from receivers coach and other positions to OC. So uh, things to watch out for. Tampa's seventh in the NFL in 20-plus yard completions this year. They have 2,000-yard receivers, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. They have a solid tight end in, in, K, in Kate Otten. Uh, they are fifth in TD passes. They're 10th in net yards per attempt. So he's not afraid to, to gash you deep, and but they also have a quick hitting game as well right. that they will utilize also. So, um, you know, they don't run it particularly well. They certainly throw it better than they run it. Um, but this is where, you know, you worry about, A, the Eagles pass rush. And B, you know, what these what these defensive backs, the good thing is you got Slay back, but what these defensive backs are going to be able to do against this team. You know, the Philadelphia Eagles have put themselves in a position where as much as I want to look at what the opposing team does well and don't do well, it more so falls on what the Philadelphia Eagles are doing well and not doing well at the time. Yes. Because, yeah. The Buccaneers don't run the ball particularly well. Not their strength, right? Let's just say that. It's not their bread and butter. Yep. But the Philadelphia Eagles, as of late, their weakness has been stopping the run. The primary weakness, stopping the run. Um, What was a strength became their weakness. And at a time when it was their strength, they beat the Buccaneers and beat them handily. Now that it's their weakness, that shifts the outcome tremendously. No matter how good or bad, Tampa Bay's running game is. The Eagles' running game is so bad, or has been so bad as of late, it's almost like you can't really predict these games anymore. Mm-hmm. Because whatever a team usually does, they may flip the script against the Philadelphia Eagles because of the matchup. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that run defense 
that falling off for the Philadelphia Eagles completely shifted the narrative on their defense, mm. right? Because if you can at least stop the run, let's really think about this, right? For the entire season, let's just say they were stopping the run all year, but they struggled with the pass. Wouldn't we? Wouldn't we um, have a certain level of reverence for this defense still? Yes, yes, absolutely, we would. Yeah. So, so, so when you so when you think about it from that perspective, it's like, damn, they're in such a bind. Can they? ever find a way to get out the field, regardless of who's in front of them. I struggle to believe it, but I'm excited for the game, and we're going to continue to think that the best thing is going to happen. But uh, we have to focus on also what we're really seeing with the team. So in the, in the midst of me trying to balance optimism, I have to also balance it with um, the reality of the situation, and that is the Buccaneers could very well run on the Philadelphia Eagles if they choose or the Philadelphia Eagles let them let's put it that way well right uh, I mean what you know and I, look the obvious here is you want to turn them in, in, into a one-dimensional team and if then then in turn you get pressure and you hit you're hitting Mayfield who didn't practice yesterday who's clearly sore who's clearly dealing with a lot I mean both man we go into this game with both quarterbacks pretty banged up you know uh it's going to make for a really fascinating you know, thing. I, 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 do I trust the Eagles O-line more than I trust Tampa's O-line to keep their quarterback clean? Yeah, probably. Uh, probably that's an advantage Eagles. Uh, if that's the case, I hope that's the case. Um, but I also, if you can possibly take Jalen out of uh, positions where he may be in, you know, in, in harm's way and just, just hand it off, hand it off. See what the, See what Swift does early. If you're popping early, get him. Gamewell actually ran it well last week when he got opportunities. Yeah. So get those two both involved. Sounds simple enough, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> why did you say that with the most – you said that with the most defeated tone. Because I yeah. know none of this yeah. is going to happen. I know none of this is going to happen. I know it. I've seen it all year. I know it. Um all right, let's look at Baker, Baker Mayfield, the kind of year that he But you got to be optimistic, though, right? I, no, I look, I, I don't. The last thing I want to do, going to an Eagles playoff game, feeling down about the team. I don't want to When's do the that. last time you felt this down going into a playoff push? The time they played Tampa two years ago. Mm. But I, it was different. And here, here, here's what I mean by that. I didn't have a lot of optimism they were going to win the game, but I felt good where this team was going because I thought Jalen was really coming on. I thought the team was really coming on. I believed Nick Sirianni. So I didn't necessarily, you know, feel good about the outcome of the game, but I felt so, good about the outcome. So of the basically team. bad so basically bad matchup, beautiful circumstances. Yes. Whereas yes. though this game, beautiful matchup, terrible circumstances. Yeah. Yes. See how life yeah. works. That life, is life, that, life's fine. That, that level, that duality of life is frustrating and beautiful at the same time. The yin and the yang, man. Uh, a good note for you from Eagles PR. Since the 1970 merger, only one NFL center has won a Super Bowl and earned six AP first team all pros, and that's Jason Kelsey. He is the only one to ever do that. Sounds uh, like a Hall of Famer to me. Sounds that way to me as well. All right, uh, elsewhere, um, let's go to Baker Mayfield. 4,000 yards passing, 28 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 94.6 pass rating. Completion percentage is not great, 64%. Um, he had the 10 picks. He had zero fumbles lost. So he only turned the ball over in 17 games 10 times. Just solid, you know, pretty solid. Took care of the ball. Uh Let's go to the receiving game here. Mike Evans, 1,200 yards, 79 catches, 
13 touchdowns, 16 yards per catch. Chris Godwin, 1,024 yards, 83 catches, 12.3 yards. Only got in the end zone twice, just kind of surprising. Um, Cade Otten, who I talked about a little bit earlier, 47 catches, 455 yards, four touchdowns. Um, there are some of the guys you keep your eye on. Trey Palmer's a little dangerous, uh, sort of a slot guy, third, fourth receiver. Rashad White, solid running back, not great. I'm sorry, I have something in my eyes, guys. If I'm no, you're fine. My eye uh, 990 yards and 3.6 yards per carry for Rashad uh, White. So that's that's what they bring to the table um, from an offensive perspective and a defensive perspective. Hey, man, um, I'm looking at Baker's numbers here. And this isn't getting talked about enough. Baker Mayfield had a career year in, in, in Tampa. Had a career year. He threw more attempts, had more completions, um, 64% completion percentage on the season, which is a career high, 4,044 passing yards, career high, 28 passing touchdowns, career high on 10 interceptions. Um, the, the dude actually had a, a pretty good year. A very good year, ninety four point six passer rating. Yeah. Um. Listen, he's hurt, and that obviously benefits the Philadelphia Eagles. But he clearly has, he's he's clearly in a situation that you know that benefits his skill set, and he's going to be able to find, he's he's going to be able to find Chris Godwin and Mike Evans at some point during that game. Mm-hmm. The defense is going to have to hold up long enough for the offense to create an, um, a large enough lead. And can they hold on to it? That's going to be the big question, too. That's going to be the big question because we, we've seen them get out to leads. We saw it against, you know, the Giants the first time around in the Christmas game. And then we saw it in the Cardinals game where they were up big at the half both of those games and, and fell apart. So that's the other thing. Like, obviously, you want a fast start no matter what. But if you're an Eagles fan, don't look at it. If the Eagles are up at ten by 10 at, at the half, don't, don't fall into that trap where you think this thing's over because we've seen this before. But I think if that the good news is if that's the case, Mayfield's probably throwing a ton, which leaves him susceptible to getting hit, you know, and and, and being banged up. So hopefully that's that's <laughs> you know kind of where things are with this game. I, I will say this: um, the point spread hasn't changed. So Vegas and and the people betting the game at least uh, have stayed pretty steady here at this three point margin here for for the Eagles. So I guess that's a good thing. It hasn't been bet down or up, you know, real. Real strong either way. Uh, I'm so still far. not. I'm personally still not impressed with that line. I mean, yeah, the line is in the Eagles' favor, but at the same time, it should be, it should be way more drastic than that. And that just speaks to the um, way the Philadelphia Eagles have been playing. I think that line is way more reflective of how the Eagles have been playing than the other way around. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. For a team that lost five of six and is playing on the road in the playoffs, I think it's they only given them a three and a half, right? Three. Three? Yeah, I think I mean, it's about right. I mean, I think it's about right. I'm I'm I don't know. But you, I don't think it's bad. But 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 would you agree that it should be better than that? No. Not the way the Eagles are playing. No. I and, and I think some of it Well, no, no, no. What I I'm I'm sorry. I think I'm I don't think I'm framing it right. Not the not based off how they've been playing, based off how they should be playing. Oh, correct. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, it also tells you that, that there's not a lot of belief in Tampa at all. At all. Yeah. Or they'd be right. favored in this, considering the way the Eagles are. Look, you talk about one team that, that That's a good point, five. too. That's a, that's a good point, Yeah, too. I mean, one team finished 5-1, and one, one team finished 1-5. and five. 
and yeah. the Eagles are the favorite on the road. And it's hard to beat a team twice in a season. The Eagles already beat them once. So good, there's a, a lot of too, things. Yeah. yeah, a lot of things at play. Now, yeah. it's supposed to be a rainy night in Tampa on Monday, apparently. Okay. So, again, you would think bad finger with Hurts. A.J. Brown didn't practice yesterday. Rainy conditions. Is this a is this a game where you run the ball if you're the birds, if you try to hammer the run? And you ran for over 200 yards against them in, in the first game. God couldn't come down and give you a better sign for this team to run the ball. He <laughs> couldn't come down and deliver a telegram himself that says, run the ball. It couldn't be this. It couldn't be any clearer. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? The, the sun or, or you overthink it and say, it's obvious they're going to think we're going to run the ball. Let's throw it. And that's the kind of shit that makes you overthink. Yes. That's yes. the kind of stuff that I think has happened to this Philadelphia Eagles team more times you. than not. They've over they've overcooked it. Yes. Every single time. Like when I, just go out and pound the ball. And guess what? If they're stopping the run, okay. Then, they, over, then. They, they overcooked it against the Jets. Yeah. Um I'm trying to think of some other games I feel like they over they overthought it or they overcooked it. Basically, uh, basically, in my opinion, I just look at it as when a team can't stop the run, just run the ball and find out what happens. Dallas, they overcooked it against Dallas uh, in the second game. Overcooked it. Dallas is not good against the run, and the the, the 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 limited amount of rushing attempts in that game is maddening. It really is. The Jets game was maddening. The Dallas game. You're right. They're two great examples mm-hmm. of what it should have been. And, and you know, the thing that's interesting about Tampa, we were discussing this with Bill a little bit earlier, uh, Tone. So Tampa, their numbers are for the season are good against the run. They're fifth in in rushing defense. They got better since that game we played them. Way better. And they're not good against the pass. 248.9, which is 29th. So the Eagles looking at that, and they're gonna and they're gonna pass. I'm still running the ball. I don't care. I'm just saying. No, no, no. I know you're I feel you. I feel you, but I gotta test it. I gotta test it. Sometimes you gotta. Sometimes you gotta run up against the wall to see if see if it hold up. I'm with you. I would ra- again. I'd rather they come out trying to establish that, which they don't often. Yeah. But if they try to establish that and, and it's being shut down, okay. You know, you gotta go to go to your passing game, which you clearly would like to go to. That's because fine. because listen to this, right? When the Eagles came off the bye and their run defense was legit, and they came and they came up against the Chiefs. What did the Chiefs do? They ran that ball yeah. and they tested it. To yep. see if it'll hold up. It didn't hold up. So the following week, they had the Bills. And you would think, okay, well, a team is not going to base their game plan off of an anomaly, right? Mm-hmm. The one lone game where they gave up that many yards. Okay, maybe the Bills are still coming m- modest and they won't try to run the ball as much. Nope, they came out getting their running backs involved, running the ball. Josh Allen was a, a magician um, behind the line of scrimmage, making things happen. They couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop Josh Allen, even though most people can't. Yeah. But nonetheless, they, they even struggle with their running backs, in my opinion. Right. So people are people aren't afraid to buck the trend. They aren't afraid to say, "Okay, yeah, you this say you this says you can stop the run, but can you stop my rushing attack?" You yeah. know, I think yeah. the Eagles got to at least try it. You've proven that your rushing attack can put the numbers up on them. Maybe you have the matchups to win in the running game versus, versus that team mm-hmm. um, compared to any other team. You know, every matchup is different. It's a week to week league. I try to keep that mindset no matter how hard it is, but um, what worked against another team may not work against another. 
Agreed. Agreed. All right. So when we come back, uh, we'll, we're going to dig hard into the NFL. We're going to look at the, the the games on Saturday and Sunday, tomorrow and Sunday. Uh, the commanders have a new general manager. The Patriots have a new head coach. Man, that happened fast. Uh, I like that, though. A bunch of, you know, well, it was no, no messing around. They knew what they wanted to do. So we'll get into a bunch of other things uh, when we come back. So you don't want to go anywhere. That's Tone to Shields. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Flynn Tree Services. Yes, Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. Um, they are experts trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. Keep in mind, uh, you get storm and hurricane season upon us now. It's a great time to have your trees evaluated before something really serious happens. Go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. You can give Flynn Tree Services a call right now, 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848 or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money 
in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Hi, we're back. That's Tone. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, Tone, let's start with this one. Uh, Jared Mayo hired, geez, uh, just a day after Bill Belichick and the Patriots part ways. Uh, he is now the head football coach. He'll be introduced on Wednesday at a, a news conference. Uh, 37 years old, which makes him the youngest hire. He's a little bit younger than Sean McVay. Uh, eight years as a player with the Patriots, five years as a coach. They were really kind of setting this in motion when they extended him last year, uh, knowing at some point it, it may end with uh, uh, Belichick. But anyway, he steps in there. He is the new head coach for the Pats. Yeah, Gerard Mayo. He's been um, he's been putting legwork, man. Uh, let's just let's just uh, be be honest about that. For one, um, like you said, he spent he spent his whole career as a, as a uh, as a Patriot from 08 to 2015. Came on f- f- a few years later. Um, as a coach, uh, as an inside linebackers coach, um, and just grinded from that point forward. And you know, he built up that equity. Uh, let's look at this. He's a Super Bowl champion, uh, former defensive rookie of the year, first team all pro in 2010, two time pro bowler um, in 2010 and 2012, led the NFL in tackles in 2010, um, made the all rookie team, uh, made, the, made the Patriots all 2010s team, first team all SEC. Uh, the dude is decorated to say the least um and he's earned his keep former first round pick he's certified his knowledge is unquestionable his experience is undeniable um i'm super super happy uh for gerard mayo getting this opportunity with the new england patriots um hopefully he can maximize it and he can continue to set uh new trends and um you know lead by example in this very important role Arguably one of the most decorated, one of the most storied franchises in NFL history. He has a he has a he has huge shoes to fill, but I'm pretty sure he's going to come in with his own boots. Yeah, uh, look, they they identified him as their guy, and they wasted no time. So, uh, and that's what I love about it the most. Yeah, that's what I love about them. This this tells you that this all this with Bill Belichick, all this off off the court or off the field vitriol has been going on in mass media and so on and so forth. All the back and forth, the rumors and the uh, the the reports about dysfunction. Belichick knew from the beginning this was the last year. Yeah. You could tell he knew from the beginning this was this was the last year. Um, he's been um, they've been grooming Gerard Mayo for this purpose. They are the it's no coincidence they're the first team to announce who their new head coach is amongst all these teams that's going to need head coaches. They've already had his locked locked in stone months ago. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, and and Vrabel coming open didn't affect anything. They, they they knew that Mayo was their guy, so and that's another reason why I love about it. They didn't allow themselves to be moved. It shows decisiveness. It's in my opinion, this move in the fashion they made it shows strength. Agreed, agreed, agreed. And if, if there was any, 
I, look, I, not that Mayo had any doubts, but they they just reaffirmed that you know you're our guy. So I thought that was good. Um, elsewhere, Commanders hire Adam Peters as their uh, general manager. He was formerly the assistant GM to John Lynch with the 49ers. Prior to that, he was with New England. He was with Denver. This guy's got a very good track record. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean it's a good hire. I just you know I, I would prefer the the Commanders stay dysfunctional in a disaster area. But uh, it, come on, know, man, you're it, only as good as your division. Yeah, we'll we'll see. So that that uh, that that appears to be a good hire. They're going to make that official, um, you know, shortly. So he is. Got it like this: if the commanders get better, it forces the Philadelphia Eagles to get better. Well, no. I mean, that, yeah, that's the thing. They um, and they're in pretty good shape actually. They have a lot of salary cap money. They have a lot of draft picks. I mean, they just got to get the quarterback thing right. Mm-hmm. If they get that right. There's some talent on that team. Yep. Uh, the cream sure. will always rise to the top, my friend. Yeah. So I want. I want the Cowboys to be good. I want the Commanders to be good. I want the Giants to be good. Iron sharp, sharpens iron. Yeah, e- exactly. You know, when you're in a ice cold division, it makes it hard to stay hungry. It makes you feel like you always got time to play around. Yeah. Ah, uh-uh. no, sir. No, no way. That's why. That's why the the AFC North is what it is. Yeah. Because everybody, everybody keeps each other honest. Everybody's making a making a move to keep you on your on your toes. Three teams in that in that conference, or I'm sorry, in that division, made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, yeah, you want your division to be power powerful. Oh, agreed. Agreed. Uh, all right. Travis Kelsey says he plans to return in 2024. There was some debate of whether he would, you know, go. I mean, we look at him. I think we sometimes think he's like, you know, eight, five, seven years younger than Jason. They're they're right there uh, in, yeah. in terms of age. So they're they're pretty close. You know, what, like a couple of years, something like that. Maybe two, I think. I want to say they're two years apart. Let me see. Um, but anyway, he's coming back. He said he, he didn't have quite the year that he's normally accustomed to, and neither did anybody on their offense, really. Uh, but you know, Jason's 36, Travis 34. All right, yeah, I mean, still, he's getting up there a little bit, yeah, yeah. They're, they're for a tight end, definitely. That's pretty wild. Both guys are going to be in the Hall of Fame, too. Uh, all right, so hope he'll, he'll be back. Um, Denzel Ward got hurt in practice today, and his status for or yesterday. And his status for the uh, for the game is still up in the air right now, which could, would be a big blow to the uh, to the Browns um, who put, take on the Texans, which we'll get into in a second here. Uh, but it looks like they got Grant Delpit back. Um, this is uh, this is classic tone. You're saying this at 22. Talk to me at 26. Anthony Richardson says he isn't going to change anything about his style of play, about the way he goes about things. Okay. All you right. want to keep ending up on the on the IR and having surgeries. Okay. I look some that's things the, you can some things you can control, some you can't. Somebody yeah. rolls up on you, that's bad luck. You taking on a linebacker, that's on you, my friend. Like you gotta be a little bit smarter about things. You want to know what the curse of youth is? <laughs> you always believe that you can reinvent the wheel. Yeah. You always believe you're the next newest thing next to slice of bread that's the power of you if you think you're untouchable yeah you get humbled real quick mm-hmm. you get humbled but again I'm, I'm looking forward to anthony richardson's uh comeback season yeah um he's poised to be most improved player of the year or however you want to however you want to slice it comeback player of the year um he's poised to have a great season um he has a team that um that almost made the playoffs without him, which in turn, um, we would like to believe that you can only elevate them from there. 
Um, the AFC South is going to be an exciting division to watch. Mm-hmm. But my brother, it only will remain exciting if you can stay healthy. Yeah. You see Trevor Lawrence, he's struggling to hold his body together. They, they're trying to use peanut butter and popsicle sticks and super glue to keep Trevor Lawrence on the field. Shoulder, yeah. ankle, concussion, hip, all that. And he did, he's not really a, a running guy. So no. um, let's just put it in perspective. Let's just hope, you know, he's saying that in jest and that's just the youth talking. Yeah. And let's also hope, and I'm sure there will be, you know, I'm sure Shane Steichen is telling him, like, dude, we love you. We love your size, your athleticism, but we need you on the field, man. I don't need you putting yourself in harm's way when you don't have to. So we got to be smart. We got to be smart. Uh, discretion is the better part of valor. And I hope those conversations happen. Because a lot of those hits, it was almost like he sized up for him. Like it was, it was, if you really watched him play, he, he, he was playing as if he was still playing in the backyard. Yeah. Those grown men out there, you know, laying down the pain. <laughs> mm-hmm. Come on, and man. And they want nothing more than to inflict pain uh, onto you. So just understand, you know, mm-hmm. where things are. All right. Uh, elsewhere, the uh, this is, I thought this was cool. Aaron Donald, who played with uh, Jared Goff, said, "Look, I, I even reached out to him, and, and when I with the way that he's been playing, and told him how proud I was of him. Um, those two are going to be taking on each other uh, this weekend, but." Oh, that was a nice gesture, Aaron Donald give, uh, giving his guy a little love out the uh, out the door, you know, as he's doing nah, that, that, that's uh, that's that's is that, that's, is that gamesmanship? That's, that's war bait. That's <laughs> war bait. Don't fall for that. Listen, listen. Of course, of course, I'm I'm sure he got real love for him. You know, yeah. all jokes aside, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But that's war bait. Don't take there it. Don't go. respond. Don't even respond to his text. Respond <laughs> after the game. Respond after. All right. Fair enough. I I, I know war bait when I see it. You know what I'm saying? They try to catch you slipping. They try to soften you up a little bit. You know, next thing you know, Aaron Donald standing over you. <laughs> yeah, right. You don't want you don't want you don't want you don't want that smoke. So don't yeah, respond to no text from nobody from that side of the coast. Okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Would this you? is uh, huh? What do you? I'm not, you? I'm not responding to him until after the game. No, I'm not doing any oh, okay. any any warm greetings until after we play. All right. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Mark Andrews has been um, designated to return from the IR and is at page, uh, Ravens practice today. Think about that. You get the bye week. If Perfect he can time. go for them next Perfect week, time. oh, my God, man. That would be – that would that be just, huge. That's why they, – they must have been really confident in his return window because they didn't go up to Zach Ertz at all. Remember we talked about Zach Ertz being an option for a couple teams? Yep. He didn't really he, – he, no one – I, I don't know if he's what he's waiting for the playoffs starting. Um, he didn't catch on anywhere. Yeah. Oh. I found that interesting that you know nowhere. I mean, he must either be cooked or he kind of put the word out that he just wants to chill the rest of the year. I thought somebody would grab him up, you know. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows, man? Yeah. Uh, according to Josina Anderson. The Eagles are considering changes to their staff, specifically uh, on the defensive side of the ball. What, like now? Like prior to the game? No, or? no, 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 no. At the end of the season. Um. Uh, well, yeah, we knew that. Yeah, it's nothing. <laughs> that's not really breaking news. Right. Much. Considering. Oh, yeah. man. No duh. I'd be considering a lot, too. I think there's a lot of things being considered right now. Uh, that's for sure. So, Amon Ross St. Brown may be returning punts in the playoffs for the Eagles, or for the Lions, excuse me. It'd be nice if he's doing it for the Eagles. For the Lions, um, they're they're just trying to maximize as much as they can. I get it. I like the aggression. I applaud it. I would hate to see that dude go down on special teams. 
Yeah, man. He's uh he battled injuries, I think, earlier in the season in the season. I think he missed a game or two, yeah. if that. Um yep. so I wouldn't even he he he's your number one. Why don't why 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 would I put AJ Brown back there for Tender Punks? Yeah. Like you remember yeah. when they couldn't figure it out last year, they would use occasionally they'd use Devontae. I'm like, Yeah, Woof. yeah, they would use Devontae in these weird high leverage situations. And I'm like, uh, I don't like that. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh, when are we going to start holding Howie accountable? Only the D-line are drafted and read every other starter is another team that ain't good. All right. So uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier. I, I think Howie Yeah, man. Well, welcome yeah. to the party, Chizzo. Um Yeah, yeah we, we, we were talking about that a lot all week. <laughs> I mean, when you consider – they counted that much on the Kobe Dean without really a good insurance policy. Huge mistake. Mm-hmm. They let a really good linebacker and a, and a playmaking safety walk, and you see what's happened since then. The, how he deserves a lot of the blame here. Whatever, I won't blame him on offense, and I won't blame him um, for hard grade because you have to make tough decisions sometimes yeah. when it comes to the cap. But yeah, all those other things are free game as far as I'm concerned, especially when you consider that they didn't you didn't lose those guys for a lot of money. Wasn't that yeah. wasn't that costly? So yeah. I would I would yeah I mean I think Howie deserves absolutely and Glenn said it earlier. Howie deserves his fair share of this thing. I mean I think it's really when you lose like this, it's across the board. I don't think coaching's been good. I don't think the, the you, you made some mistakes in the front office and and you have players that have just let you down too that haven't played up to their capabilities. Yeah it's been he he penny pinched on defense. Yeah. He penny pinched and he and he he cut corners in certain areas, thinking they would just be okay. He came into the season hoping the offense would carry the defense um to the finish line. And um there were some miscues. You know, yeah. there, you know, there, there was a series of miscalculations. You mentioned one of them on the Kobe Dean. Um bringing bringing Bradbury back uh, was a miscalculation in hindsight. Yes. In hindsight. At the time. I think we are we're like, okay, good move. Mm-hmm. Coming off of coming off of an all pro year, pro bowl year. All right. I'm rolling. But clearly, he lost not just a step, he lost several. Yeah. Um, I mentioned Nicobe Dean, but thinking that Nicobe Dean could fill in TJ Edwards' shoes, that was the biggest miscalculation of them all. Thinking yeah. that TJ Edwards was easily replaceable. Right. And a team that doesn't really do well with drafting the defensive side of the ball, unless it's a defensive lineman, they should hold on to any talent that they find a way to develop. TJ Edwards, undrafted, but you developed him. So he should have the same value as any other draft pick that you've had. You developed him to be um, a starting caliber linebacker. No one's saying he's Roquan Smith. No one's saying he's Patrick Queen. No one's saying he's Fred Warner. No one's saying he's any of those guys. But what we're saying is, He's a starter in this NFL. And when you draft guys on any round, what you're drafting, what you're looking for is a starter, right? You'll be blessed to find a superstar or a star or a Hall of Famer. But what you're searching for when you draft guys, you're searching for starters. And when you find a starter um, in the undrafted pool, and he's actually good at the job, has his limitations like any other player, but he's good at the job, you got to keep a man like that. But they chose wrong, and they're paying the piper right now. So Harry Roseman has to wear a lot of this stuff, man. Yeah. A, a, a wholeheartedly a lot of it. Um, but the offensive side, man, I look at coaches and I say, what are y'all doing? So we could so we could just go back and forth about the blame game and we can disperse it however we so choose. 
Uh, everybody got to wear this hat at some point. Well, I think too, you know, they they also did some things during the season that you you, you kind of scratch your head a little bit. I, I look, I was as frustrated as anybody with Derek Barnett, but you you gave away depth. You know, you you, you gave you gave away depth, and as soon as I don't know if you noticed, but not only did they give away depth, as soon as he got to Houston, he started contributing right away. I think, yeah. in, I think in about maybe a three or four or five game span, I can't remember the exact span, but um, I think he had about two and a half or three and a half sacks in that time. Like he's been he's he's been contributing, yeah. you know. So you you gave away a body that clearly you didn't know how to use, or you couldn't motivate him, or whatever um, relationship soured. He wasn't producing for you anymore. He wasn't as effective, mm-hmm. and he goes to a new situation. He's re- he's revitalized, and now he's producing. So you gave up depth, and you also couldn't coach it. Yeah, I I mean I think too the, the, if there's a knock on mm-hmm. Howie, it's that he's up and down. He goes on heaters where he just it, everything he does turns to gold. And then there's there's you know this year, look Jalen Carter it was a great draft pick. It worked out. He fell to them. He he's going to be a stud. But you know there's a lot of other things at play here. You know with, with personnel moves and 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 some of the decisions that were made. And it doesn't look so good, man. And the fact and the biggest one is you you thought John Sean Desai was that guy, and he's not. And he's says, not. And, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I was, that's all. That's all. You, you know, you, you said something about Howard, right? He has these ups and downs and these peaks and these valleys, right? Yeah. I want to compare it to something. Follow me here. I asked you this a while back. What did, what did, what did you think is the most pressing need for the Phillies in terms of offense? Yeah. And what did you say that was? I think they need a right-handed uh, contact hitter, not someone who's going to strike out a ton. So basically, you feel like they need. They, basically, what you what you're saying is, and correct me if I'm wrong. You're saying they need to increase their ability to play small ball, get yes. guys on, get guys on base. You yes. know, not rely solely on home runs to win the game, right? Hundred percent. I think that's where Harry Roseman is. Harry Roseman is in a place right now and has been for quite some time where he's just been hitting home runs. And the thing about being a home run hitter, you can get cold. And if you're and, and if and home runs don't come all the time, and if, and if that's all you're giving me is home runs, then you then you might as well say Harry Roseman is the Kyle Schwarber of GMs, right? You know right. he he has his limitations, but when he hits, he hits. He can put he he can score for you. He can be a big he can be he can give you some big moments and some 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 memorable moments. But don't think he's going to be out there playing. You know, don't think he's going to field for you. Don't think he's going to just get on base for you. He's not going to steal you any bases. He has his limitations, but man, when he hits, he hits. Yeah, that's Harry Roseman. Too many peaks and valleys. He can be cold. That the batting average is low, but man, when he hits a home run, the whole city goes wild. True, yeah, very true. And he had a, he hit a big one in seventeen, uh, for sure. All right, uh, let's look at these games, Tone. Um, the, the first game on Saturday is the Browns at the Texans. This is. Um, this is a game that um, the line hasn't moved a ton in this one either. Cleveland, despite being on the road, despite having you know their third or fourth quarterback with Joe Flacco, is a one-and-a-half-point favorite at Houston. Uh, who do you like in this game? What's I, like, your I, like the, I like the brownies. Okay. I like the brownies, man. It's something about what they got going on over there. That's, uh, that's exciting, man. Um, that defense is so strong. Yeah. Also, CJ Stroud coming off the concussion. You know, um, he, I mean, another week to you know get back, get back to normal. So, um, 
I don't know, man. Like it doesn't seem like the Browns are just like a they seem tough. They seem they hard seem to destined beat. to me. Like it doesn't matter what happens in terms of injuries, they're just gonna overcome it. Like they're in that kind of team zone. Like that that's where I'm at with them. Like that's my sense with them. Like I think they're a dangerous team. I think Flacco's in Nick Foles sort of like air vibe, and their mm-hmm. defense is phenomenal. Miles Garrett, they can run it. They they have, Amari Cooper's healthy. I like Cleveland a lot in this game, and I, and I think Texans the, the the future's bright in Houston, but not it's just not today, not today. Or yeah, tomorrow. yeah, I yeah I don't think um look the strides they made as an organization as a team spectacular. Whatever they achieve from this point on is just icing on the cake. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. I uh, I like them as well. All right. Let's go to the game. So here's the deal with the Saturday night game. Dolphins at the Chiefs. So in Kansas City, Tone, it's supposed to be four degrees uh, with a real feel of negative 27. 30 mile per hour wind gusts in the game as well. There are some people that are trying to get this game moved. And there are some people that are trying to get the Steelers-Bills game moved on Sunday as well. But let's start with the Dolphins and the Chiefs. So um, Kansas City is a four-point favorite in this. Miami goes into it very injured, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Kansas City has not had a great year, but somehow, some way, they're kind of like the Eagles in the sense that they're 11-6. and six. They're 5-4 and four at home is Kansas City. That's kind of surprising, but what do you think of that one? Um, I got to roll with the Chiefs. You know, when you have Xavier Howard out, uh, Jerome Baker out, and Andrew Van Ginkle on IR, Cameron Good on IR, Bradley Chubb on IR, Jalen Phillips on IR, um, Connor Williams, your guard on IR, um, Isaiah Wynn, your tackle on IR. It's, 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 you're, you're missing so many key contributors. You have Raheem Mostert, questionable. Jalen Waddle, questionable. Javon Holland and Deshaun Elliott, two safeties, questionable. They are not in a good place from a health standpoint. That defense is damn near decimated. Uh, decimated. Um, so this definitely bodes well for the Kansas City Chiefs. I would expect them to take advantage of this. I also would, I'm also going to expect their receivers to drop a few balls. So um, overall, I do like the Chiefs in this matchup. They're home. They, you know, they got the weather on their side. I think I think my, I think we're gonna have for uh, I think they're gonna freeze those dolphins out, man. It's just you can't you can't swim in a blizzard, my man. So I think I I just don't think Miami can handle that weather, handle those conditions, handle handle the injuries. It's just it's just not in the cards for them this year. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah, I I I I think it's Kansas City. I think Miami. Miami gets healthy. I, I think we know what they're capable of. I know, we know how good that offense can be. And the defense was really good until they started having injuries. But they got – this is why football's tough. Sometimes you can have a good roster. You can make all the right moves, but the injuries can just gut you. And I think that's the case with them uh, in this game. All right, so now we go to the Steelers and the Bills. So uh, snow, expect it. Winter storm watch in effect. 65-mile-per-hour Winds 65 mile per hour winds. I mean, Ooh. that is that is serious stuff, but that's what they're <laughs> expecting in this game. So, there are there are calls for this thing to be changed or moved or you know, whatever rescheduled. Wait, wait, wait. Can you read off those temperatures again? So, 65 mile per hour winds 
Uh, that's where you start. And snow, winter storm watch in effect for for Buffalo with the early game on Sunday. I would be. It's always going to be some weirdos going to that game. I'm not going. To, I would never go to a game like that. I'm sorry. I love football to death, but I ain't going to that game, man. But that's gonna be a that's gonna be a hell of a matchup too. I think Buffalo wins that game, though. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're just a better team. Um, they're hotter. They got the better quarterback. Um, I think I think it just comes down to that. I don't think that I don't think the Steelers are going to be able to put up enough points. Um, but also this may be a low scoring affair anyway. So this may actually these circumstances may work in the Steelers' favor. You never know. So we'll see how I think plays out, but I'm overall taking a better quarterback. Yeah, I mean the, the Steelers have two good running backs with Harris and Warren, so they're able to they they, they can play that way, uh, it, and it's probably best for them to play that way anyway. I I don't trust Mason Rudolph. I, he's done a nice job getting them what they had to have in terms of wins, and mm-hmm. he has not turned the ball over. I saw you know credit as far as that goes. I don't know that that keeps up, but then again, these conditions could be so nasty. You remember the game a few years ago where there was like. It was New England and Buffalo, and they were like five total passes in the game. Do you remember that? It was like a Monday night game or a Thursday. I forget. It was super windy. I don't think it was snowing, but it was windy, you know, like really bad wind. And New England just sort of, or maybe I can't remember one of the game. I think it was New England. Uh, just ran, ran, ran. It was, but here's here's another advantage. Advantage Buffalo if you just, if Aaron, Jared Allen or Josh Allen, just takes the snap and runs, mm-hmm. you know, rather than trying to throw the ball down the field. Mason Rudolph can't do the same things that Josh Allen can do. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's as simple as you laid it out, right? There's limitations on both quarterbacks. You can try. I mean, I mean there's limitations on one quarterback. One quarterback has a way stronger skill set. You can try to limit uh, Josh Allen. You can try to do whatever you can, but you know, a matchup like this, man. Um, with Joe Brady being as, um, as good as he's been in his role with Josh Allen as of late, they've shown an ability that they're not afraid to let Josh Allen throw the ball 10 times and then run the ball the rest of the way. They've done that against the Cowboys. Remember that matchup? That was yeah, a hell of a, that was yeah. a hell of a game, too. So, um, you know, I, 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 the Buffalo is another team that I feel like can go to the AFC Championship. I think Buffalo is going to get there. Now, Ravens or Browns is the two teams I'm back and forth on. But I think mm-hmm. the Bills will be in the AFC Championship this year. Uh, I like Buffalo. I think Buffalo is is hot at the right time. Uh, it's going to be a matter of just taking care of the football, which you know we know Josh Allen. Ha- it's been issues before, but he's been better of late, and he is a playmaker. That's for sure. Yeah, I like uh, I like the Bills. I like the Bills. If this is good weather, bad weather, in different weather, I like the Bills all day in this. Mm-hmm. I think Steelers overachieved just to get to this point. Uh, all right, let's go Packers Cowboys. Packers Cowboys. This game is in Dallas. We know Dallas does not lose generally there. Um, they're eight and zero at home, and the 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 point differential for them just in terms of scoring on the road versus scoring at home is remarkable. Dallas is minus seven in this one. What do you think of this one? Mm. I'm hearing through the grapevine that Dallas should be on upset watch. You know, what do you think when you hear that? I don't agree. Um, I don't agree. I, I think that I, I, I man, I think Dallas is, is I think green Bay is headed in the right direction, but again, like I I'll say, I said with the Texans, they're not ready for this moment, not in this place. And yeah. I, I think that they will force love into some mistakes and I think Dallas will, it'll maybe be close for a little while, but I think Dallas piles on at the end. 
And I think that's how it goes too. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a nail biter at first, and then it just the levies break, and Dallas just you know beats them. I don't know, thirty-one, twenty-one or something like that, or okay, yeah, thirty-five, right, yeah, thirty-five, twenty. You know, it's just, it's just going to get out of hand. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm rolling with Dallas in this game too, as much as I hate to say it. Okay. Uh, last Sunday game is the Rams and the Lions. This is Sunday night in Detroit. Detroit's minus three. Um, the Rams come in at 10 and seven. Detroit's 12 and five. Jared Goff going against Matthew Stafford. Stafford goes back to Detroit where he spent such a large chunk of his career. Goff going against the team that traded him away. He's already admitted he's got a chip on his shoulder regarding it. Uh, I like the upset here. I like the road team. I like the Rams to go in and, and swoop in and get a victory. What do you think in this one? Mm, this is one of the harder matchups to choose, but I think the Rams are playing better football right now. Yeah. I think they trust their process and they figured out how to, and I think they figured out what they need to do to win games. I also trust their head coach to put them in the best position to succeed. Um, Dan Campbell, first playoff game. Will his emotions get the better of him in a key situation? Will his decision like this game? I think this game, this game is going to come down to a few. Two, this game is going to come down to two to three key moments. Mm-hmm. Whether someone decides to call a timeout here or there, whether someone decides to challenge something here or there, whether someone decides to go for a key third or fourth down, this game is going to come down to two or three key moments. I trust Sean McVay in those moments. So I'm going with the underdog as well with the Los Angeles Rams. Okay. And, and like I said, we'll we'll get heavy into the uh we'll give our birds predictions and and on all those kind of things on Monday as it is a Monday game. All right, let's come back. We'll reset our sights on the Eagles, mix in some Sixers who are playing tonight. Flyers are in action as well. So we'll hit a bunch of different things uh when we come back. So don't go anywhere. He is Tony Shields. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. We'll be right back. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget.
any professional sports coach will tell you, there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Our final segment of the show. We are Sports Take. Hey, Tone. I'm Rob. I'm hanging out with you until the top of the hour. All right, Tony. Hey, so- Rob. Question, man. Yes, sir. Are you are you uh you paying attention to this AJ Brown stuff? Yeah, I. I so um, everybody's worked up because he he. What did he do? He deleted all his Eagle stuff off his social media. Well, he just scrub- well he scrubbed his social media pretty much in general. I mean, it's no family stuff there. It's I mean, it's, it's nothing really. Okay. Um, you know, um, he um, he deactivated his Twitter. Um, that kind of stuff doesn't really mu- doesn't really mean much to me, but you know, it's something that a lot of people care about. And I'm curious to know what do you think it means? Um, do you think he's just going zero dark thirty mode, locking in on the playoffs? You know, blocking out all noise? Do you think it's uh, he got some bad news on the injury front? Um, I'm hearing all different sorts of speculation. Um, you know, you know, through the Twitter zeitgeist. Curious to know, um, just what do you make of it? Well, Jake says he does it every postseason. I'd have to go back and look. I'm not sure. Oh, okay, no worries. No worries. He might. No worries. Yeah, he might. Uh, so I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I would think it's more. Well, I know. Than I know a lot of players do that. A lot of players do that, though. By the way, a lot of players they yeah. you know block everything, which is reasonable. So yeah, I, I would think it's more than anything else, just to kind of lock in because there's been a lot of noise. Let's face it. I mean, there's a lot of. A, a lot of the stuff leading up to when he finally spoke. Uh, a lot of even yesterday. Like Slay was saying it in jest, but he said, you know, maybe we're better off playing on the road. You know, the booze come real quick here. You know, and Devontae Smith said something very kind of similar in, in, in sort of tongue in cheek, but sort of not. So um, I think they're probably feeling a little bit of the heat, man. And it probably isn't the worst thing to maybe jump off for a minute uh, yeah. and, and, and just sort of lock in on your business. I, I don't I don't think he's unhappy here. 
I don't think he wants out of here. Right. Um, I don't think it means there's a riff with, with Jalen. I don't, like, I don't, I really don't think it's any of that kind of stuff. I think when you lose a lot of stuff happens, man, a lot of things you didn't anticipate. And I, I think he's frustrated with everything, everything mm-hmm. as he should be. They all should be frustrated. Honestly. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Um, it's funny. Devontae Smith said, look, I ain't, he said, I ain't got no rah-rah speech for y'all. Yeah. We, you know, we got business to take care of. Devontae Smith is, is a lot like, he's very Alabama in, in like in terms of like Saban. He, there's no BS with the dude. He, he yeah. is, he keeps it real. Yeah. One thing I will say, I feel, I feel comfortable about, um, the level of maturity, um, on the offense. Um, even especially at the, believe it or not, a lot of teams struggle with this, but I believe our skill position, you know, you know, starting wide receivers and quarterback, pretty mature, pretty mature guys. Um, a lot of people have their own opinions about AJ, about how he handles certain things. He has moments, of course, he's he's a piece of human being, but I feel like overall, um, the way this wide receiver room is built, starting with AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, those two guys in particular, no one else, um, you have an amazing foundation. Um, just in terms of leadership, accountability, talent. Um, it's easy to play for guys like that. Easy to play around guys like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think this will be an interesting uh, soul-searching thing this offseason for a for Jalen in the sense that nobody is going to work as hard. I, I don't have any doubt about that. But I do wonder if he looks at, at you know, there's, there's working hard and there's working smart. And I wonder if he's going to go about things a little bit differently, whether that's to curtail the turnovers or recognize the blitz a little bit better or whatever. I don't, you know, whatever, because I agree with you. Everybody's, everybody's mature and there's still tons of talent there. Even if Kelsey retires, et cetera, this offense should be a top five offense across the board. And there shouldn't be some of the problems that they've had this year. Again, I know the numbers are still pretty good but they should be better than they've been. And I think it starts, it starts with the coaching and the quarterback. And I don't, I don't know that either have been as good as they could have been this year. Yeah. You said something interesting. Um, you got to work um, smarter, not harder all the time. Yeah. Right. And look, the longer these guys are pros in particular, Jalen hurts, the longer he's a pro, the more, um, the sharper he'll be in terms of preparation. Um, he'll learn, you know, he'll learn to, you know, to trim off the fat of his, you know, his preparation. You know, sometimes you realize the certain things that you're doing, it's like, mm, this is actually not really helping or it's doing more harm than good. Or um, it's just something that you need to graduate from in terms yeah. of um, be it practice habit or preparation or nutrition. Um, he strikes me as a player that's very self-critical, mm-hmm. um, does a lot of self-scouting. He, he struck me as someone who has a, who has a solid team around him that's going to hold him accountable. Um, so I look at Jalen Hurts as that guy that he's going to get he's going to get in the lab this offseason. and definitely again using the same metaphor he's going to trim he's going to, he's going to trim the fat off of the preparation. Yeah, and, you know, I, get, I think the other great trait with him is he's he is a guy who is open to constructive criticism um, and, and those kind of things. That's where the line for me is drawn with him and Wentz. I don't like Wentz wanted to hear any of that kind of stuff. So I, I, I think that's I, – I, I think he'll – this year is going to serve as a wake-up call for a lot of people. Him, if Nick survives, uh, mm. Howie, other players. I hope Jordan Davis. You know, I hope other guys who see how the defense fell off. I, I think there's I, – I think – 
if you take any positive out of it, maybe this leads you to not fall into the same traps that you fell into this year. Maybe, and, and maybe there was a little bit, it's only human nature. You play longer, uh, you do more, you, you get more endorsement opportunities, you're doing more speaking gigs and all, and it just naturally makes it harder for any team to have the same level of success. And maybe that's where we're at. It happens. You know, it's all a part of the game. You know, that's what, you know, that's why it's pro sports, right? That's what makes it, um, you know, much harder than any other level because more people are pulling at you. More people are throwing money your way or throwing opportunities your way. People are always reaching out to you for investment opportunities, you know, all that kind of stuff. Jalen Hurts has to juggle with and all these young guys is getting money now. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot to balance, but I will say this though, because of where college football is now, you know, with nil, I would like to imagine a lot of these players are coming into the league more prepared. You would think, right? A lot of these top-tier guys that are getting the nil money, anyone's getting nil money. If you plan on taking your game or your talents to a, you know, to the next level, because you're getting that nil money, there's no bag of money that should impress you at that point. Or there's or there's or or you should have a better sense of how to manage the money. That's the that is the big one for me. Man, that's the big one for me. Yeah. Right. It's and not now, all of a sudden just dropped in your lap like, oh my God. Right, right. Right, because yeah. some people say, "Oh, nil, these guys are getting money, all this kind of stuff." I don't know how I feel about it. I think it's a benefit, mm-hmm. you know. And obviously, you know, it's the last segment. We're kind of freewheeling this thing here. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, some say uh, it's a distraction. I say actually, I look at it as preparation. I look at it as, um, if especially the kids that plan on taking it to the next level, they're not going to be shocked by anything or any yeah. deal that comes across their table. They're not going to just bite on anything. They're going to be they're going to be smarter businessmen. Um, you would like to think that. They would be more in tune with their finances, who's touching their money, who has access to what, um, what they're paying for, what they're not. Um, so, yeah, when you get on that level, it's, it's more responsibility, bottom line, and it goes and take care of your body, all that kind of stuff. Jordan Davis, he, he has to lock in on that. You know, there's so much to being a pro. Yeah, and I don't know. Here's the other thing. I don't know that, you know, like Fletcher Cox hasn't had a conversation with him. Some of the other older guys haven't had a conversation. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just a matter of, you got to get through this year and then he goes into, into a completely different mode in the off season, which carries him into next year. I don't know. I mean, with some of this, I hate to say it almost may be too late, but some of it is just, we're kind of there and he's look, he's overweight now get through it. Yeah. You know, and just try to do the best that you can. I, I, I hope, let me I ask hope you, he, he can contribute to this team. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. And some people may feel differently about this, but I want to ask you, right. Clearly, there's a disconnect between what's expected and what's being and what's being given from the players, especially on the defensive line. Yeah. Let's stay with the D tackle room, right? Jordan Davis. Rumor is he's been getting fined every week because he's not conditioned. Yeah. His D line coach is Tracy Rocker. Tracy Rocker has Georgia ties, so I believe he has a somewhat of a relationship with Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter and all those guys. You know the. The, the form, you know, the DC that's over there at Georgia. I think he has, he still has strong ties there. Do you think Tracy Rocker has a soft spot for them Georgia boys? And um, he's kind of letting them get by on talent and not preparation and um, conditioning. I don't know. I, 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 boy, it's hard to say. I don't know. I, I, and, I, and look, I can't, and I want to make this clear I have no prior knowledge or any kind of report. This isn't me breaking anything. This is just me. You know, thinking critically, trying to try, trying to peel the layers back to find, you know, a chink in or a kink in the armor, you know, for, you know, for the Philadelphia Eagles, right? I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to find 
some kind of thread to tug on to try to, find, to figure out where things went wrong for Jordan Davis or anybody really on that D-line. Well, I don't know if it's necessarily um, rocker or it's just an overall defensive like what, identity. Yeah, a team. Like if you're, yeah. I, I think that the thing is, uh, Nick Sirianni, I, I think, treats these guys like adults and tries to do the best that he can to rest them during the year and and not, you know, make it harder on them than it has to be. And he especially get, does it with the vets where he gives them load management days, but veterans generally know how to handle this stuff. And sometimes kids don't, you know, and I don't know that like, because you're not necessarily busting it in practice, doesn't mean that you should not do your proper work in terms of your lifting or keep up with your nutrition. And I think the, the you know, where Fletcher Cox understands that I don't know that Jordan Davis totally understands how to go about that. Mm. So I think that that's where I think you, there has to be a discussion had. And I think it's also where Jordan has to take it upon himself to realize I have to change my ways too. So hopefully it's a, it's a mutual meeting of the minds here with, with everybody that he, then he gets it next year because he can't tell I'm telling you, man, he plays, he disappears again like this next year. People are going to start wanting, you know, blood because he was, he was a high pick. He was the 13th overall and they traded him. Yep. yep. You know, so it's, and the other thing is Nolan Smith better show up next year. Yep. Nolan Smith gets this year, but if next year looks like this, start being worried. Yeah. And, you know, this year, to be fair to him, he didn't get opportunity. He didn't get any real no. opportunities. You throw him in on, but you, th- you try to throw him in on the back end of the season when things were pretty much already, things right. are pretty much going to shit. And now you want him to try to save your edge rusher position, you know, with depth and all that kind of stuff. And it was just like, come on, man. You know, you should you, you have got him going early, you know, when everyone's confidence is at an all time high, you know, when everyone's at, at the healthiest. And you get him going against, you know, some, um, you know, you get him going when the stakes are lower. Mm-hmm. Now you're expecting him to just be an impact player instantly. And I, I don't think that's how, that, how it works. But you're right, though. Next year has to be an impact year for Nolan Smith, regardless of how this year went. Next year has to be an impact year. Jordan Davis has to be an impact year in terms of longevity and endurance. Jalen Carter has to be a high impact year. You, you're you're a top 10 overall pick. Um, have, support- let, me ask you, let me ask you about one more. Yeah, yeah. Do they go into next year counting on Nicobe Dean in any way, or is that an that an area where you you try to go out and get starters? And if and if hey he comes around, great. But do you is he slotted in as a starter for you next season? I I, I would I would hope he pleasantly surprises me, and I would go out and try and get two quality linebackers personally. That's where I'm at. I'm not banking on him in any way next year. Yeah. Um, and it's not even talent related; it's health related. Yes, I can't, I, I can't, I can't bet on his, I can't bet on his, uh, his chart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I think the Eagles need to really invest in the linebacker position this offseason. This, whether you draft one in the second round or whatever it may be, um, or in the draft you go best available. If that happens to be a linebacker, I don't know. They, I know they're not going to draft a linebacker in the first round. I know they're not going to do that ever. Okay. But, uh, but you got to show intention. Find somebody in free agency, whatever. Somebody that you're going, somebody that you're going to keep here for at least three years, that we can say, okay, this is the linebacker position for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. You know, keep constantly piecemealing it. Doesn't serve anybody in the long run. Yep, agreed. Uh, no sign, according to Jeff McLean, a minute ago. No sign of AJ Brown at practice with the knee. Uh, Reed Blankenship was out here on a side field, but it doesn't look like he's going to practice either. He's just doing some you know, exercises and whatnot. So, I mean, you could potentially be looking at a compromised Jalen Hurts 
maybe no AJ Brown and maybe no Reed Blankenship uh, in the secondary. So um, timing, not great right now uh, for some of these injuries for sure. Amen. Uh, death of death at the Meadowlands. It, it never fails. <laughs> well, I mean, it's going to have to be, uh, by the way, Jalen is throwing some passes during drills. He has gloves on both hands. Uh, so he's, I'm looking at it. The, the shot that Jeff has is from a pretty far away distance, uh, distance, but he is, he is throwing. Certainly it looks like he's doing more than he did last year. And they're trying to get him up to speed, uh, as time goes on, uh, Devante is out there full practice. He was full practice yesterday, my, so that's good. My, my boy Tay. All right, sounds good, man. Gonna have to be a big good. game for, for Devontae and Goddard. I'm telling you, especially if they're not running the ball. Yeah, I we're hoping they run the ball. Yeah, I, hoping. I'm hoping that's what it is for sure. We're hoping, man. Uh, all right. So a couple other things. The Sixers host the Kings tonight, 7:30 start. Sixers are 23 and 13. Kings are 23 and 14. Um, it, the Sixers are on a little bit of a, a funk here, and they've been without without Joel Embiid, uh, two and seven with him, without him this season. Um, you know, and that that's it's been in, you know it's been a problem. They don't they just don't have a lot of firepower. Maxi has to go crazy. You you hope that Tobias Harris and a couple other guys step up, but right now you just don't have enough. Now let's face it, when you lose your MVP, it's gonna, you're going to take a hit no matter what. Mm-hmm. But also, this is a limited scoring team on top of it, especially without him. Yeah, their entire offensive identity is tied into Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey's production. Yeah. You're missing one of them, and you're nowhere near the same team. It's like you're trying to play basketball with one arm time behind your back. You're not, you're not the same team. You're not the same players. Um, a lot of those players, you know, their value is maximized when you have a guy like Joel Embiid on the floor. Mm-hmm. So now their limitations are probably being exposed with him not being there. Um, he'll Obviously, he'll eventually be back at some point. But I think what we want to see, we want to see this these role players step up in a way where you can kind of string together some wins without Joel Embiid. So you can kind of, you know, so you can reinstill confidence in the fan base that, um, God forbid, if something was to happen, um, you can remain serviceable up until he comes back. You know, so that's that's the bigger. I think that's what I'm looking for um, from this team with Joel Embiid being out. Can you guys string together some wins, mm-hmm. right? That's that, that, that's how I'm processing it. What uh, about same, you? same here. And then, we'll, and, you know, again, uh, until they get him back, you can figure out it's good. good. Kings are good. They had a great year last mm-hmm. year. They, they've been kind of similar to the Sixers, you know, very similar records. One's 23 and 14, one's 23 yeah, and 13. Definitely. So uh, that's definitely. who they get tonight. Yeah. Uh, A.R.E., let me ask yeah. you, man. What you, yeah. uh, it's 12.50. We got about five, six minutes left in the show. Yes, sir. What you, what you, what you got planned for the weekend, my man? I'm off. Off, off? Off, off. So, uh, since yes. when? Uh, it, it's a, it's the first time, first day off, I think, since Thanksgiving, uh, or maybe before. It's been a while. So, I'm excited. I'm excited to chill. One thing I, we are going to do is we got to put the, the basement back together, uh, after all the issues. Mm. So, I will be doing that. It's um, best that I'm, if, it's, if you're going to do that, it's best to do it on a Saturday. Correct. Because if you do, don't do it on a Sunday. Because because you you're going to be like, Sunday is the day where you can just where you're supposed to just yes just relax keep your feet yes. up BS you know what yes. I mean go to church whatever it is you got to do um, you know read read your devotions get your get your mind right <laughs> Sunday you should be not running you should not run any errands on a Sunday if you can help it day of rest it's a day, day of rest, rest. 
Well, all right. So, I, yeah, I'll be doing that. I'll probably just again just do some things I haven't had the opportunity to do. How about you? What do you have? What do you have planned? Um, got to do. Got, got to run a couple errands. Got to put some finishing touches on the house. Um, my family, mm-hmm. um, from Philly will be in town. Next, oh, when are they coming in? Next, uh, next Friday. Nice. Next Friday. Next Friday. Next Friday. It's exciting, man. So, you, have you seen them since you left? Um, no. That's no, awesome. Haven't. No, I haven't. Uh, and I left. Yeah, like I said, like late July, early August. So. Yeah, man. It's been about that's a solid six, six months. Yeah, six months. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. So uh should should be interesting. But overall, this weekend in particular, just gonna do some fencing touches around the house. Um, take it easy, relax. You know how it goes, man. Kick the feet up, watch some football. Yeah, and that's the, the good thing is from a sporting standpoint, you you, know, you get a lot this weekend because you have games on Saturday and Sunday, and of course the Eagles on Monday. So it's a it's a there's a lot to to kind of consume. And I think in our area tomorrow, it's going to be relatively warm. So the one other thing I have to do, I may be doing this as soon as we get off going up on the roof and taking down some lights that I didn't get. I got everything else done, but I didn't get the lights off the roof for Christmas. So fun. All right. Fun. Don't, uh, don't, uh, don't, hopefully you will. You'll, I'll be with you on Monday. We'll see. Don't, not, Chevy, you know don't Chevy chase yourself. No, no, no. You, you, you'll know what happened if, if that's the case. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, that's that's still one of the all time greats. I, the, both both the first two vacations are strong. The, the, mm-hmm. the, that one and the the, the the original and the and the Christmas one are still very very strong. Um, all right, so Flyers are at Minnesota tonight. They are um, twenty one fourteen and six after the win the other night. Minnesota seventeen nineteen and four. And of course, we'll we'll see how they continue to progress here as a team and with Jamie Drysdale running the point uh, for them on the power play. But uh, they're at it. So busy weekend uh, starting tonight with both the teams playing. And then, of course, the uh, the Eagles. All right. So, you know, I'm as I said, I would much prefer they're either playing tomorrow or Monday. But when you take into consideration that Jalen Hurts is hurt and some of these other guys, A.J. Brown, maybe the best thing that happened for the Eagles is this a Monday game. I mean, you are getting one extra day. Usually if they're not yeah. practicing today, it's over. It's right. Right. Yeah. Over. Yeah, I, still have a shot. I thought about that too. Um, after the fact, obviously, it it, it bodes well for them. They can use all the rest, all the preparation they can get. Um, it's do or die, man. It's do or die, and we're mm-hmm. going to have so much more to iron out on the day of on Monday. It's going to be exciting. Um, the tension in the air. Gonna we'll know get, who the Eagles would play. Um, that that they, part, if they win, we'll that, that part. You know, you're going to be able to cut the tension with a knife. <laughs> It's going to be exhilarating, Philadelphia. So yeah. get excited. Yeah, you should. I mean, all right, so let's go back to it um, just quickly. We're both on board with Cleveland beating the Texans in, in Houston, right? Uh, Chiefs winning in that. What, what That could be a real mess in Kansas City where it's going to be minus four, minus 27 real feel. Um, then you go Sunday, Steelers, Bills. I think the Bills just handle their business there. and But the weather could certainly come in. Mm-hmm. Big factor. Now, I think if there's any game that'll be moved, tone it be that one. Maybe that's played Monday. They dip it into a doubleheader with the Eagles. Who knows? Um, I can't but that's the one. I don't think I, Kansas City gets moved. I can't. I can't wait to see how these how these environments look. You know, just the playoff atmosphere with the with, with those weather conditions. NFL fans are psychotic, so those stadiums are going to be full. Trust me. Oh, they bare bare chested dudes. You know that's going to happen. Uh, Packers, Cowboys, unfortunately, I think it's a Cowboys game all day. And, um, and Rams, Lions, I'm, I'm liking the Rams to go. I like the Rams, the too. Upset. 
Okay. Right Rams as well. All right. So Monday we will get you completely set for this Eagles Bucks game. Uh, again, this is one of the more fun NFL weekends that you get because you got games all over the place. Uh, yes. Starting tomorrow. So enjoy. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. Thanks to everybody in the chat, everybody streaming, everybody listening. You guys are the best. So, Tone, enjoy your time. Because you usually have to work game day, but they don't play till Monday. You're good to go. Yeah, Sunday's going to be a chill day for me, man. Um, So I'm looking forward to it. Good. Uh, Eagles fans, tighten up, baby. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming, It's man. coming. You know, put your water wings on. <laughs> whatever, whatever you got to do, put them on. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to get real slippery. Okay, yeah. so make sure you make sure you locked in because I'm excited, I'm nervous, but yeah. hey, we're gonna have some fun, man. Good, Good and bad, regardless. We're gonna have some fun. All right, man. Well, enjoy your weekend. Don't go anywhere. You got Tone and Dan Cilio with the National Football Show coming your way next, and we'll be here with you on Monday, getting you set for the big playoff game between the Eagles and the Bucks. Everybody, have a great weekend for Tone. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take. Thanks for hanging with us. Appreciate it. know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours excursions and more in one place there are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from so you can find something for everyone and viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry-free travel download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 percent off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.